Captain's Log, Stardate 75998.8. I'm Captain Britton. I'm Captain Spencer. I'm Pat, the Emergency Podcasting Hologram. These are the voyages of the Starship Soyager, our ongoing mission. To explore new Trek episodes, to seek out old Trek, both cringe and based, and to boldly go... Where Riker will always score! Welcome to the bridge. This is Soy Trek, the show where three Trekkies ask themselves on a weekly basis: Are New Worlds strange? Can you get strange in New Worlds? That's also a great question. Today we're going to be discussing our recap of Star Trek: Strange New Worlds season one. Oh but before that, boy, let's get into what's new in the world of Star Trek. We got Trek news for you. This week, it was finally announced Lower Decks will return with Season 3. Earlier this week, Paramount Plus announced that Season 3 of Lower Decks will (laughs) premiere on Thursday, August 25th, six weeks from today, uh, with a typical 10-episode season. Trembling in excitement. Yeah, yeah, and this uh, this will go along with uh, the previous two seasons have premiered in August, so kind of goes uh, yeah pretty, on a pretty good pretty good schedule. Uh, the entire cast is expected to return. Nice, cast, yeah. I'm sure they'll have some Excellent. cool guest voices as well. Yeah, yeah, they they actually have gotten some really cool. You know, they had like Cole Meany on there. They, mm-hmm. They've had uh, Jonathan Frakes on there several times. John D. Lansing. Yeah, yeah. They've they've you know they they get some good, mm-hmm. uh, which doesn't make any sense because Q's dead, right? Is is he Q on there? Oh yeah, I mean he he can just do a voice for a different character. But is he Q on there? Yeah, he played he played Q. That doesn't oh, make wait. any sense. Oh yeah, I guess he can. Yeah. He's, yeah. Dead. he's dead. Yeah, he's... wait, he's not dead. Yeah, he's dead. Well, wait, John Delancey is no, dead. No, no, no. Q is dead. Q is dead. John Delancey's oh, Q is yeah. dead because of Star Trek Picard season two, which happens because Lower Decks happens right. in uh, the twenty fifth century, right? Well, it's, it's like after the events of all no, of Picard. Well, stuff. Um, uh, Riker is still the captain. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It, it takes place after uh, Picard. I think it takes before takes place before Picard. Does it? I thought mm-hmm. it took place because like Picard at least starts in twenty three ninety nine, and I think the second season is in twenty four oh two. I want to say uh, okay. We we'll have to check this out. Yeah. Maybe someone should check it out. Let's see. Uh, I'm yeah. checking it what, out. What yeah, year out. does uh, Lower Decks take place? I'm finding it right now. I got it pulled up here. Star Trek Lower Decks. Because it's well after like DS9. Mm-hmm. I know that. Yeah. Because like Cole Meany is like a legend at that point because he went to go st- teach at Starfleet Academy. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, when it shows like um, uh, that he has uh, like the it golden It takes place statue. in 2380, immediately okay. after the events of Star Trek Nemesis. Interesting. Okay. okay. So so before Picard. So, okay, so before I guess Picard. So isn't dead. Yeah. All right. All right. That's That's fair. Yeah. 
That is fair. Well, I think. Well, I mean, just... he might not be playing Q. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. No, I don't know. Yeah, no, no. It was Pat's. Pat's actually watched the show. Yeah, he, he he's, he's more Q. prepared oh. than we are, Spencer. So uh, that's. Oh that. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's cool. Uh, yeah. Thanks, m- thanks moving on in Trek news, um, according to an article in Giant Freaking Robot, uh, published yesterday, uh, a Star Trek icon has confirmed that they're in talks with former castmates for a revival series. According to the article, Kate Mulgrew best known as Captain Janeway, Mm -hmm. has confirmed she's been talking about the Uh idea of a project with her former Voyager co-stars. According to Mulgrew, quote, we're always talking. I mean, my great friends are Robert Picardo and John DeLancey. We're always touching down and crossing paths. And when we do talk about Star Trek, all of us are just so amazed that it constantly is reinventing itself. I think that fact only speaks to its sort of undying virtues. I know Jerry loves doing Picard, speaking of Jerry Ryan, of course. Mm-hmm. And I know that all of us, yeah. all of us, would love to continue. And when the opportunity presents itself, we'll always do more Star Trek. Oh, yeah. Hey, remember a few minutes ago when I thought John DeLancey was dead? <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> and I was like, no, he's not. Wait, he's not dead. dead. No, he's very much alive. Well, I've been kicking Q, unfortunately. And he's bad. friends with Kate Mulgrew. What do you think they do together? You think they hang they out? They just yeah. talk on Twitter, maybe. And like maybe like they have like mm-hmm. dinner and stuff when they're in the same city. Do you think they explore each other's bodies? Think they like de- <laughs> I, I would, but, well, they, they could. John DeLancey yeah. already knows everything about her body. That's true. Like he's he's omniscient. So. Yeah, and he tried to have a baby with her in that one. Episode. True, <laughs> true, he did. Everyone be trying to have a baby yeah. with with janeway mm-hmm. yeah it's pretty cool would you have a baby yeah. with janeway would you oh, sometimes as a lizard Hells, yeah. sometimes not as a lizard <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd raw dog that yeah i yeah. guess as a lizard you just go, go up and just like come on her eggs that are just you'd... yeah <laughs> yeah is that i mean i was that for is that fertilizing oh, that's, how, that's how fish work <laughs> yeah yeah fish definitely do that <laughs> that's every time i get a carton of eggs i always come on just, just to see if i can have any hatchlings you know <laughs> Um, yeah yeah uh so it's always it's always good to get a free <coughs> a few free chickens mm-hmm. yeah so although uh nothing at all has been confirmed except that she's been talking with the rest of the cast we can only hope to see characters such as janeway okay. the doctor tuvok and tom paris again fuck you spencer tom paris rocks <laughs> Fuck Tom Paris. No, Tom fuck Paris you. Sucks. Fuck you, Spencer. There's a pro Tom Paris <laughs> podcast. I gonna, disagree. I, well, too bad because I edit the <laughs> podcast. I'm going to cut out all anti Tom Paris content. This is Tom propaganda right uh, here. You're like some kind of fucking Voyager fascist. Like what? <laughs> what? What is this? Yeah, I, I I feel like like the Federation are the Voyager fascists. Like. They're the ones chasing after the Maquis in the beginning. Like they only get thrown into deep space because they're trying to like chase down some people who are like freedom fighters. Yeah. Yeah. Then they're forced to work with mm-hmm. each other. Yeah. And jerk with each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't really have jerk. too much friction. Uh, except in the bedroom. Except in the bedroom. <laughs> yeah. Man, I wonder what like rub maps is like out in space you know you got like so, so we, we were talking about rub, rub maps planets. The other day. are you are you familiar with it's what not, is, it's like not, rub rub star maps um I'm, so rub maps is uh why don't you explain this spencer Rubmaps.com is a website where you can find asian massage parlors read user reviews and find not out necessarily how much asian for a hand job 
It's just okay. no, no, no. It's specifically gives... for Asian. No, no, oh, no. Is it, it is specifically for mm. Asian massage parlors. Yes. So it's racist, is what you're saying. <laughs> Rub Maps is racist. Well, I'm just saying the 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 folks that use that website have a very particular taste. Okay. They uh, they talk about it, you know. Uh, but if you ever wanted to know how many places you could pay eighty bucks to get a hand job at are around your house you can punch in your zip code and you can find out on I, I, like, I like how you had the exact same reaction when he said 80 dollar hand job you were like mm, like okay. that's it when he said that i was like that, that sounds reasonable <laughs> you know yeah, that's pretty reasonable the market adjusts yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah that seems like a good going rate yeah. i think i feel um, that's just like going to be just i don't like know if that price by is... law enforcement <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know if that 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 price has gone up since mm. uh, since the pandemic, oh, probably, I mean, sure, inflation, like, eight percent, eight percent inflation. So yeah, have to, th- have to, thanks, Brandon. Hundred dollar yeah. hand job. <laughs> <laughs> I remember America where I could go and get an eighty dollar handy. That make America great again. Vote for Trump. <laughs> a vote for Trump is a vote for an eighty dollar HJ, <laughs> and that's why they call him Donald HJ Trump. Eighty dollars again. Uh, yeah, uh, and finally in Trek news. This week, the Emmy nominations were announced, and all five Star Trek franchises that were on last year picked up a combined five nominations. According to uh, the reporting of TrekMovie.com, for its first season, Star Trek, or uh, for its second season, Star Trek Picard picked up four nominations. What? Including (laughs) outstanding period and or character makeup, non-prosthetic. For hide hide no. and seek the ninth episode, which was the worst episode, the one where his mom killed himself. That episode Wait, fucking sucked. Yeah, yeah, it's where the uh, mom off outstanding herself. period yeah. and or yeah. character makeup is the period. Uh, it takes place in current day. Uh, well, no, no, no. Yeah, most of the well, no, that episode because it's the flashback one, so that takes place in like oh. Dickensian England that is somehow in like the twenty third century mm. or like the <laughs> yeah the late. Yeah, yeah, like the late 23rd century. Yeah, like they just like to dress in little like dauphine yeah. <laughs> outfits and um yeah, so uh and yeah. also that episode Super was weird. also nominated for outstanding pr- uh prosthetic makeup. For who? I don't know. Oh, oh, the Borg Queen. For the Borg, 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 Borg Queen. Okay. Borg Queen. Like Borg Queen. Yeah. <laughs> making oh, yeah, like yeah. for making a uh fucking um uh uh not John Delancey. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. for making all of the old, like, octogenarian men on there look alive still. Yeah. <laughs> like. But that's yeah, yeah, it looked less like a corpse. Yeah. yeah. That's something that didn't stand out to me at all, I feel. Like, I I, I don't know, like, watching Picard, my eyes just kind of glazed over just how boring everything looked. Yeah. So the fact that it picked up yeah, yeah, awards. Yeah. Oh, like, it, it has two more. Oh. Uh, for next for. Wait, are uh, these a win? Wins no, no, nominees? these are all noms. Okay. These are just noms. So, it's going to lose. Oh, okay. uh, the next <laughs> one noms. is outstanding sound editing for a comedy or drama series one hour. Uh, for the episode Penance, which no. was the second episode with a space fascist, was which was a decent episode. I liked it enough. That was an okay episode, yeah. And uh, that episode oh, was no. also nominated for outstanding fantasy slash sci-fi costumes, which I they were okay. They were yeah. all like, I mean, like fascist like yeah. space costumes, which were fine, but like really, yeah. I mean, that's something that like I remember I heard um, like uh, Patrick Stewart said he like one thing when he went into Picard, he didn't want to be wearing a uh, uniform at all. And that's why I pretty much everyone's just wearing. And also, uh, yeah, John Delancey didn't want to be wearing tights. Yep. He said, yeah. Uh, 
So, and then uh, Strange New Worlds picked up one nomination. Uh, outstanding sound editing for a comedy or drama series competing with Picard for uh, its fourth episode, Memento Mori, which is the mm-hmm. first Gorn episode, which is a pretty good episode. Yeah. Good sound editing. I, mm-hmm. I'd agree. Yeah, sure. Uh, that deserves yeah. a for sound editing. But sure, I feel like not? everything Picard was nominated for, that should go first to go to Strange New Worlds. Uh, absolutely. Because absolutely. Like, like the like, makeup was oh, yeah. awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Everyone's makeup was on point. Costumes on point. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, the sound, everything. Like, it was way more immersive and interesting to look at than anything that was on Picard for me. Yeah. Personally. Well, I mean, the, it also I had like a agree. plot that was engaging and not fear infuriating. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Dude. So, e- do the even though plot? the fourth seat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's a. Yeah, we, we, we have a full three hours on that. Uh, even <laughs> though the fourth season of Star Trek Discovery and the second season of Lower Decks were both eligible for primetime Emmys and both were nominated last year, neither had any nominations this year. Mm. Uh, Star Trek Prodigy, on the other hand, is eligible to be nominated for the Children and Family Emmy Awards, which will be announced later this year. All of Trek nominations are in the creative arts category, which is typical for the franchise. In fact, Star Trek picked up nominations in three out of the four of the same categories last year, with the costume nomination uh, being new for this year. And unlike last year and most years for Star Trek, there was no nomination for visual effects, which is strange. Yeah. That is very odd. Because it's got That's, great visual strange. effects. Especially because like Strange New Worlds like visuals look mm-hmm. pretty good. Yeah, they're like, know? I mean, like Expanse is amazing too, yeah. but like they're on par pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like really great shit. Yeah, that's one thing I've noticed. Like with a lot of TV, I don't know nothing. Yeah, nothing is visually exciting. No, too much. Like, but with strange unless new it's worlds, like pornography. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. like hey. <laughs> unless it's the, yeah, unless yeah. it's my niche. You're, you're visually stimulated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a yeah. visual stimulation check right there. But yeah, all the space scenes, the spa- mm-hmm. the scenes of ships and strange new worlds, just beautiful, popping. Pop yeah. Yep, that's truck news for the uh, week. So, uh, yeah, in that case, let's move into our discussion for the week, which is going to be a recap of the first season of Star Trek Strange New World. Strange New Worlds on the Enterprise with Captain Pike. We'll tell you how it goes and if it blows. Insects will be screaming Strange New so here we are on the bridge of the USS Enterprise, first edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so um, oh, yeah. I guess how we'll kind of run through this yep. is uh, first, very, very general impressions. Uh, we'll actually rate it at the end and uh, give our ratings on each individual episodes. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, so first general impressions. Yeah, indeed. And we're going to we rank are. our indeed episodes too um, at the end, but, aren't we? Uh, yeah, uh, just a first general impressions, and then we'll go through each episode briefly and uh, talk about our general impressions of each episode. So, uh, Pat, what did you think of the first season of Strange New Worlds? Uh, for me personally, I felt it was the strongest first season of a Star Trek series in a mm-hmm. long time. I mean, you know, I'm. In a long time. Well, it has to have been a long yeah, time. Yeah, a long time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. But, like, but since Trek, you know, I mean, I, I, I obviously love TNG, DS9. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, you know, first seasons of those are sketchy at best. Yeah. And, but I feel like they came out very strong. It was a very, very strong first season. Mm-hmm. Like, it was especially, like, I saw the first episode after finishing um, the last yeah. episode of 
season two of Picard. Which honestly, I think was <laughs> an incredible move to mm-hmm. like release those two episodes like on the same day. Yeah. So people could have like watched, be incredibly disappointed by the finale oh, yeah. of Picard <laughs> yeah. and then watch the premiere of Strange New Worlds and be like, oh, mm-hmm. like, because that's, we did that, uh, me and Spencer mm-hmm. on the same day and like, Mm-hmm. That that was like our reaction. It was like, oh my we, god, we literally did. Yeah. Fuck all this, fuck all this, oh, and, yeah. then, we're like, and then oh, we watched Strange New Worlds. This is like, maybe not maybe terrible. Yeah, fuck not all this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe not fuck all of this. Like this might actually be okay. Like especially, but like coming off of Picard, like Picard season two <laughs> was such a mm-hmm. piece of shit. It just fucking sucks oh, yeah. so bad for so many reasons, you know, and like. Coming off of that, I was not hot on mm. Trek. I was not feeling good. I was like, new Trek. I was like, nah. <laughs> no. Like, this ain't going to be chill. I will watch this, but but purely because yeah. I, mm-hmm. I I live to suffer. I, I'm, uh, you know, I'm just here to get beaten down by it. But the first episode, I was like, okay, you know, this is fine. Um, I'll give this mm-hmm. a shot. And it was, it yep. was okay. I'm going to say that it was okay. Uh, there are episodes in this first season agreed, that I like a lot, agreed. and there There's are episodes a, that I huh. don't like so much. But overall, hey, I, I agree. the best yeah, thing they've done 100%. with Trek in a long it's, time. So it's a I'll good it. first season, and I, I I'd agree with Pat. I would be. It is at least on par with the best first season of Trek, which I personally think is TOS. Mm-hmm. Uh, TOS's first season is its only good season, uh, but it's a strong <laughs> season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then you know. DS9 and TNG <laughs> and Voyager all have very rough first seasons for some yeah. reason. Enterprise is actually known for having a good first season by a yeah, lot of people. Do. I'm not too thrilled on it, especially because a lot of the CGI is dog <laughs> shit. I don't know. Like the storytelling's all right. The, the characters one, are yeah. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the way they introduce them all is pretty well done. But like a lot of mm-hmm. the effects and stuff are fucking hammy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, it's... It, it was good though. I, I, I liked it. Uh, I agree with Spencer too, though. There were episodes I really liked and episodes I did not <laughs> like. I mean, there were, there was only, yeah. It, I'm the outlier. I loved all the episodes. Yep. You did. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Well, in that case, I guess, uh, let's, let's dive okay, right into that it. Is so first episode, the know, premiere, strange new worlds written and directed by Akiva Goldsman, who is, uh, one of the two showrunners along with, uh, Henry Alonzo Myers. Um, mm-hmm. and also the and writer Batman of uh, Batman yeah. and Robin, nineteen ninety seven, best Batman's hell yes, <laughs> and Batman Forever, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yep. Batman Forever is I no, in my the, opinion, yeah. the, the Schumacher. Movie. I'm, not, I'm actually completely serious about that. I love that movie. Yeah, I think, I think it's yeah, fantastic. Schumacher definitely understood yeah. like Batman. He, he understood the assignment, <laughs> and everyone yeah, else didn't. Yeah, everyone else was wrong. I I do kind of hate grim dark Batman. I mean, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so mm-hmm. tired of it. Like, come on, dude, stop yeah, shooting. Just like have some fun. Like, Warhammer this, is, this sucks. Like, well, that's that's the style that it, you know, okay. it's, where it's, where it's uh, like, you know, just just everything's dark and yeah. seedy, and everyone's miserable, and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but Grimdark is not exclusive I guess it's, to that. No, I guess I've heard it used to describe a lot of different uh, media seeping into real people culture. <laughs> I do feel like Picard's probably trying to go Grimdark. <laughs> everyone's is wearing oh, definitely. Everyone's wearing black. Everyone's like, miserable, and everyone's... they're like, "Well, now, now everything you thought was immortal can die too." Yeah, it's so. as, it's as close to Grimdark as like I guess Star Trek is willing to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Indeed. Um, but 
uh, on the flip side, I thought yeah. Strange New Worlds was mostly hopeful, which is yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. So let's let's mm-hmm. dive right in. First episode, mostly Strange New Worlds, hopeful. written and directed by Akiva Goldsman. In the 23rd century, we uh, see Starfleet Admiral Robert April recalling Captain Christopher Pike uh, back onto the starship USS Enterprise. Uh, Pike is on shore leave at this point uh, because he has had trauma, seeing himself in the future, getting terrible radiation burns, and basically turning into a melting man. Mm-hmm. Um, and it shows this a couple times. And that, that's kind of the underlying theme, I'd say, throughout. That's the whole through line of this entire story is Pike trying to deal with the trauma of knowing the future, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of cool. Uh, and, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah which I, I think they did to, like, pretty good effect for most of the episodes. Like, they use it for good dramatic weight, especially mm-hmm. the, the last episode, which is my favorite episode of the season. Um, but I do Me wonder, too. like, how long they can keep that going. You know, if the whole second season ends up being yeah. that story yeah, more, like, where are you, where do you go with that, you know? I think they're gonna I feel they kind need of to like find a way to like backseat the the quality of mercy. Um, I think in order to keep the show it, interesting, wrap that up where he like he finally accepted it. Yeah, and, yeah, it did. It did have a yeah, yeah. yeah it did have like a mm, kind of hopeful. Yeah. It's just a good ending point. Kind yeah. of, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it had him actually dealing with that. Mm-hmm. But we'll get to that when we get to the yeah. episode. Um, so yeah, he's <clears throat> uh, recalled uh, from shore leave um, for his trauma by uh, Robert April. Because Una Chin Riley, also known as number one on the show, uh, goes missing during a first contact mission. Uh, Pike is reluctant to return to space and confides in Vulcan science officer Spock, who is making a return, uh, played by Ethan Peck from Star Trek Discovery. Grandson of Gregory Peck. Very true. <laughs> um, I actually just found that out today. I found that out the yesterday. I was just yeah. like... Holy crap. Yeah, right? I was like, holy shit. He doesn't look anything like him. No, cool. he looks like Kevin Spacey. Today. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so so, uh, so he confides in Vulcan science officer Spock, who has just become engaged to T'Pring, that he saw a vision of his own paralysis during their mission with the USS Discovery, which it showed on the show Discovery, I believe mm-hmm. season two, uh, which features Pike pretty heavily and Anson Mount, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, also, he, yeah, it also has um, Ethan Peck in it as well. Yeah, and that was actually probably the mm-hmm. best of Discovery, oddly enough, was like yeah. the beginning of season two when Pike was on there. I also liked the first season with Lorca. Like, yeah, Jason uh, Isaacs was... Yeah, he was really good, and I yeah. really like Michelle Yeoh and mm-hmm. everything. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where that goes. Um, yeah, it mm-hmm. was. Oh, so, good, right? yeah. so good, right? So good. Because I just show. watched uh, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once mm-hmm. uh, the other day. Yeah, it was it was really fun. I, I, really, I liked it a lot. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, well, she's going to be in uh, section 31. <laughs> yeah. If, if they ever make it, yeah, if they ever, make if they it, ever make yeah. it, it's been in right. like production that for like five years thing, now. Yeah. since, like, since yeah, the first like, season of discovery. In, like, yeah. So, um, I, I think they can, that so Pike one. travels, yeah. Pike and the crew of, uh, enterprise travel to the planet Kylie seven or so, Kylie two, seven, nine. Oh, uh, oh, and one second. I just mm-hmm. want to mention how. Like and that also in that first scene, you know, when it introduces Pike and Spock, like they're both fucking, like they both either just had sex or in the we, middle. We we assume so. I think he's not gonna make breakfast. Mm-hmm. He, he's not gonna make breakfast for. No, they're like, fucking. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Okay, so Brent no, and I no, had no. this conversation Pike the other day. Brent was being a piece of shit about it. Just having, are they just having Pike a sleepover? Fucked her. Is that what you're implying? They're having a captain sleepover, talking they're about a captain, captain stuff. Yeah, <laughs> just, 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 just uh, like, just 
in sleeping bags. And yeah, <laughs> they're doing like Microsoft Space Simulator together okay. and just uh, doing a okay, LAN so, party. It's okay. a LAN party. Well, you don't I always w- have to fuck at a oh, LAN yeah. party. I just want to say it only happens most of the. <laughs> Uh, maybe you don't. <laughs> no one fucks at a LAN party. I just wanted to just say I appreciate that they brought, you know, fucking <laughs> back to Star Trek. Yeah, you may not fuck at a LAN party, but I am LAN sexual. <laughs> uh, so they travel to Kylie 279, which is in a similar state to 21st century Earth and on the brink of a civil war. Um, They have reverse engineered a weapon from... Starship warp drives after witnessing the discovery mission in nearby space, uh, which I guess is a callback to discovery. They're really trying to tie it into discovery in the first episode here, which I'm yeah. like, you don't need to like this show can stand on its I own. Guess, I guess elevate discovery by, I guess by so. Association. Yeah. But I mean, you know, Pike <laughs> already elevated discovery for half a season. He did so. like, I, well, that's what made uh season two. Like I, I could not follow did. the plot of season two. Mm hmm. Like, I couldn't understand, like, the time travel suit. Like, oh, no, <laughs> especially at the end of it, it was completely convoluted. I'm like, this doesn't it was make nonsense. any sense. Like, yeah. the, the first half of the season, I'm like, this is a cool idea. And mm-hmm. then the second half of the season, I'm like, they're not pulling this off very well. And at the end, I was like, they they didn't pull that yeah. off at all. Well, that's, that's how every season is for me, where it's just yeah. like, like, I'm trying to get into what they're trying to say. And by the end, it just, like, goes in a completely bizarre direction i'm just like i don't just don't care <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway so yeah. pike and his crew rescue number one from captivity and uh break starfleet's general order one by interfering in the society to convince them not to yep. use the weapon and pike does this in like a very rousing speech where he plays like, well first they like reveal uh the enterprise and like big dick them mm-hmm. but then he like does this rousing speech and they show uh footage of january 1st like six. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Jan- <laughs> Jan- yeah, January six. No, I, I was thinking of you two. New Year's Day. January first. Right. I've got you two on the mind. They were having brunch. You know. Well, because because you two was supposed to Getting be mimosas. Uh, you two's uh-huh. beautiful day. It was supposed to be the original theme song for Enterprise. Mm. Yeah, but they couldn't. Yeah, that's so fucked. That would that would be road. even worse. Like, um, yeah, yeah. Getting to like that song, it is okay, so. So cringe. the January yeah. sixth like, stuff is the like was going the cringiest well up to part that of that point, and like, I docked a full like two points off my rating for that. And it was only like five mm-hmm. seconds. Honestly, I did not even notice that Yo, footage yeah, when I first wow, saw the definitely. episode. You're so desensitized. I, well, you I watched so much MSNBC. I, that, <laughs> no, I was I was so vibrating at a whole other level. I was just like, I fucking yeah. love this because yeah. like I was because. You know, you're just jacking, just jacking it, jacking and coming. No, because you know, I was like, you know. It's kind of like, you uh-huh. know, when they brainwash you, they knock you down because I was knocked down with uh, Picard. Right. And then right, like right. this was just building me back up. And I was just like, I or, was or like when you're when you're p- doing a pickup, you neg, yeah. you neg and then you, <laughs> yeah. you build them back. Exactly. Up. So I, I that that like, the January 6 footage just passed right through yeah, me yeah, and yeah. I didn't even absorb it. Yeah. Wow. That's. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I, I can feel that, you know, honestly, I was kind of in the same boat. Like yeah. Britt and I, we had literally just watched like the Picard <laughs> yeah. finale, and we we're like, "Man, that miserable. fucking sucked." We were in a miserable I was like, mood. you know what? I'm miserable start doing mood. hard drugs. Just absolutely hating like, You know what? And then I'm we like start doing you know, hard drugs gonna, for the first time. I'm gonna get in my he, car. No. And I'm just gonna drive on the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any parades today? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take out so many pedestrians. <laughs> you know, uh, so. Fucking, we were we were in such a miserable mood. We were like pissed mm. off, and typically when 
like we're, we're watching like the shitty new track. Yeah. We just like kind of mm. end up talking over it because it's just so shitty and bad. But then like Strange New World starts and we're kind of like bullshit and whatnot. I, one yeah. thing I noticed mm-hmm. about 10 yeah. minutes into that episode, we weren't talking anymore. We were just watching yeah. the episode. And then like halfway That's through the episode, we're right. like, yeah, this is kind of all right. This, this, is, this ain't so bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the, the January 6th thing was really like the only thing that kind of took me out of it, but <coughs> it was like relatively minor. Mm-hmm. I still thought I was still positive on the episode, yeah. but uh, yeah, so uh, yeah. they uh, avoid repercussions um, <laughs> For because sure. uh, hierarchies um, only work to uh, reinforce themselves, and the January 6th hearings <laughs> are uh, useless. Um, <laughs> oh, no, yeah. they, uh, they avoid repercussions because of the top secret nature of the discovery mission. If you watch the show, you'll remember that like. It was erased uh, because they went into the future. It was supposedly erased from like everyone's uh, like memory or all all of the ship's yeah, memories. Yeah, they had to take some the logs. super intelligent computer thing or something into the future, and yeah, it's yeah something I don't else. even remember. Um, but Starfleet, yeah. But regardless <laughs> of that, Starfleet doubles yeah, down yeah. on General bad. Order One by renaming it and codifying it as the Prime Directive. So. This actually was really cool. Mm-hmm. I liked. <coughs> oh yeah, he says. Well, we... they didn't quite yeah, do that. The guy was like, you know, there are some that want to yeah. call um, it the but... Prime Directive. Yeah. So Pike recommits to his role as captain of the Enterprise on a new five-year mission yeah. of exploration. Yeah, I uh, I liked this episode pretty good. Uh, yeah. I didn't love the politics. The politics were super neoliberal, and mm. also the January sixth bad stuff of it was dumb. It was very orange man bad. I like the I liked Pike's speech. He's a very good yeah. speech giver. Yeah, it was a good speech, but it was mm. absolutely ruined yeah. by like the few seconds of January sixth <laughs> they showed, and I was like, "Come on, <laughs> you don't have to do that." Like you're literally just troll baiting now, which mm. is like we don't need troll baiting in Star Trek. Yeah, I, I get that. Like maybe the writers are like, "This will really piss off." Like like 20 people, very vocal people on the internet. I mean, it did. I mean, people do post. It did, but it's like, you (laughs) don't track, don't troll bait. Like (laughs) stop. And and then they complain about the, their fucking toxic fan base. Oh, speaking of woke track, we've got a lot of woke track. Uh, So episode two. Um, Oh, I want to say also with the first episode, I think it does something that discovery didn't do. Well, um, mm-hmm. first episode, you know exactly who every single character is. That's true. Like, you do introduce everybody. Yeah, like because you know you understand yeah, the personalities that, that really right nice. from the beginning. Yeah. Like even you know there's some you know the legacy characters you kind of you already yeah. know, but like but like you know when they what they're doing with like Chapel and uh, Una, like you know mm-hmm. pe- you know characters who are kind of minor yeah. in TOS and just like reinvigorating them with new life and so it's like you yeah, know, giving make, them real backstories giving them real, real backstories and yeah. even and the new characters like you know instantly know who they are you know where ortega stands you know mm. who, where all the characters are and i really appreciate that you know you know exactly how big hammer's dick is oh uh, immediately huge, huge. Well, i mean you saw that you saw a norm enormous i mean you saw him at the end of the episode he comes onto the bridge you know he's teleports on and he's wearing those gray sweatpants (laughs) he comes onto the bridge already (laughs) you you saw that you saw the outline of that thing (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) all right (laughs) all right so episode two children of the comet uh written by henry alonzo myers co-showrunner and sarah tarkoff who i think uh writes another uh co-writes another episode in the season here and directed by Marjo Bravillo. So this one is a Ahura episode. Cadet Ahura right. is invited to a meal 
with other crew members in Pike's quarters, where she reveals that she is unsure about her future in Starfleet because she only joined as a way to escape from the pain of her parents' deaths. Which is pretty... Uh, the, the, like, scene of them, like, eating and whatnot was was fine. It, I, was, I it was pretty cool, that. and it, it, mm. it made Hammer... It kind of fleshed him out a little bit, which mm-hmm. is cool. Um, it kind of felt... It felt like they were trying to go for, like, a TNG-ish vibe, but without... There, there wasn't as much, like context to those characters yet mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah um like they hadn't spent as much time developing them so like it didn't quite land as one of those kind of like a like a tng crew playing poker sort of vibe you know mm-hmm. um oh, didn't yeah, quite land like that yeah i can see that I being the new poker dinner yeah party. i think, I think that, that's that, what they're that actually yeah that makes sense yeah i think yeah. the dinner party is going to be the poker or him making uh pike making leftovers for somebody fucked We'll get no, that. Yeah. <laughs> he Me- does presumably that. fucked. You admitted it. Presumably you admitted fucked. It. You admitted presumably. it that they fucked. Fuck you guys. No, fuck they did you. fuck. Fuck you. Uh, oh, but not breakfast though. Uh, because yeah, he true. said that he true. was just having a sleepover in the last episode, not actual sex. Yeah, the captain's sleepover. No, the captain's sleepover. Uh, I'm sticking to that. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so uh, the Enterprise crew um, come upon a desolate planet with some people on it. Um, and some people, some people, <laughs> some people on it. Yeah. Mm. Um, mm. so, uh, in the attempt to alter the course of a comet that is set to kill all of them, uh, but it has a force field that prevents this. A comet with a force field. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Totally strange. So, uh, a joins an away team along with Spock and transports to the comet's surface. Oh, and also Sam Kirk, who is actually pretty predominant in the season, uh, mm-hmm. Captain Kirk's brother. Yeah. Uh, Much more likable than the dude that they got to play Kirk. Yeah. Honestly. So far. Like uh, well, kind yeah. of. I don't know. He's Sam Kirk is I mean, a bitch. Yeah, and he's dumb as shit in this episode. He's a stupid motherfucker. <laughs> he definitely they, is. they they wrote him bad. In yeah, this episode, they, they, he's fine in his, the other. Yeah, episode. his his writing mm-hmm. is kind of inconsistent, but anyway. Um so uh Ahura joins an away team and transports to the comet's service, and they discovered that the comet responds to music. Uh a starship <laughs> of so called <laughs> Shepherds, uh, who are escorting the. Uh, do we want to talk about the music? Do we need to talk? We about don't it? need to talk. It about was the it music. was a really soy scene, and it was like uh, her was just like humming something, and then the the fucking comet like gets a boner and like lights up. I think, and then what Spock they sh- sings. What they should have done her. to help connect that is the shepherd should have been singing, or he's like, like "I am a music yeah, man." Like they're like like they maybe got a cue from the fact that. Like the shepherd, like oh yeah, like uh, the universal translator is still translating. It's like la la yeah. la. <laughs> it shows because obviously he would need to communicate with uh-huh. like the comet supposedly, right? And so it make would track that they speak the same language. Yeah, that that would make kind of sense, I guess. Yeah. So a starship of uh, shepherds uh, who are escorting the comet position themselves between it and the Enterprise. They believe it is a being called Mahanit, who is an ancient arbiter of life. Oh yeah. Uh, Enterprise distracts them to allow Spock to use a trans or a, yeah transport to alter the comet's course, and as it passes by the planet, it releases water vapor into the atmosphere that will improve the conditions for life. Uh, Ahura mm-hmm. decodes music from the comet, which indicates that it had expected the interference, and Pike ponders the origins of the comet and whether this was more than a coincidence. He also considers the lives of the cadets that he is destined to save by sacrificing himself. Yep. 
Yeah, this uh, this was a pretty all right episode. Yeah. I, this I, is an okay episode. It was, it was I, pretty all right. I yeah, this one it was maybe it was, less than the first episode. Yeah, I did too. It was uh, kind of at the bottom of my list for the mm-hmm. season. It was fine. I mean, it yeah. was mm-hmm. it was one of the weaker episodes. The writing was okay. I didn't love the the stuff in the comet. Most of that was pretty soy. Um, I do like uh, when they kind of blur the lines between faith and you know predetermination yeah. and just you know things that are beyond our understanding with when it, when it comes to that yeah. kind of stuff, so and i really like the shepherds the shepherds yeah. were were cool uh i really mm-hmm. like what they did there uh politics of it were pretty good it yeah. was just kind of mm-hmm. about like communication is key and uh yeah. don't don't fuck with the locals and try to help people if you can mm-hmm. so to be honest like the only the only stuff that i didn't like about this episode were the, were the things that took me out of it mm-hmm. and like the things that took me out of the out of it for this episode was specifically like when they went to the asteroid and then they just like took off their space helmet yeah and yeah. there was like no explanation as to why they had atmosphere there and that was just weird i don't know that felt very un-star trek to me well it, the um, atmosphere was due to the i believe uh i'm gonna quote here uh the drops of jupiter in her hair oh okay <laughs> yeah. okay yeah get we'll guess who's back in the atmosphere true yeah. true uh, back but also it's like, well, so like <laughs> yeah, it's like supposed so the, to be a tomb kind of where the air should be stale and an un, you know, even if you could breathe it, it's probably filled with disease. True. <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, and it's an disease. asteroid, right? Like, mm. and technically like it does have a force field, right? But the force field wasn't active when they beamed down to it no. or else they wouldn't have been able to beam down to it. Mm-hmm. Right. So what was holding the atmosphere there? If there was an atmosphere, I don't know. Mm. It doesn't make sense. Uh, so there was that. And then there was like the whole like Sam Kirk being a dork. Yeah, that yeah. was dumb. And then the music thing was the music just thing like was super dumb. Didn't love that's that. fine. Like, like I've I've seen shows do like stuff like that before. Like I'm pretty sure there's a Stargate SG one episode that's like basically the same thing, mm-hmm. uh, or something similar to that where it's like, oh, it's a musical code. You mm-hmm. gotta whis- whistle the melody and it lets <laughs> you through the secret compartment. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's a thing, you know. It's a thing that's out there. So I wasn't huge on that. That being said. This episode did feel like a Star Trek episode. The mm-hmm, uh, the dudes, the shepherds, those mm-hmm. guys were cool. Hell yeah, I liked them. I liked their their big ship and how huge it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this episode, eh, not one of the strongest. Yeah. Moving Effects on. Effects were nice though. Effects looks great. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> episode three, uh, Ghosts of Illyria, written by Akila Cooper and Bill Wolkoff. I believe only Bill Wolkoff writes another episode on the season. And direct, uh, directed by Leslie Hope, uh, a new hope. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, star Star Trek reference there. Uh, yes, a Star Trek reference. Yes, I <laughs> did. I said hope. that intentionally. Uh, mm-hmm. The Enterprise investigates the disappearance of a colony of Illyrians who are banned by the Federation from joining due to their genetic engineering, and uh, it's it's hammered pretty home, uh, hard home, whatever. It's hammered oh. home pretty hard uh, in the season that uh, genetic engineering is very illegal in the Federation due to the uh, the fucking eugenics wars and shit like that. So it's like something that the Federation society is like kind of premised on and something that's very important to them. And and still illegal, you know, as as, as of DS9 because, you know, Bashir. Yeah, yeah. And yep. Yep. All that. Yeah. It's all fucked up. All fucked up. All fucked up indeed. Um, so, uh, as an ion storm approaches the planet, members of the away team beam back to the ship uh, after contracting a virus that causes them to be addicted to light. 
Uh, number one reveals that she is an Alarian to explain why she is immune to the, the disease. Uh, and the cure is synthesized from her blood. Down on the planet, trapped in the storm, Pike and Spock determine that the colonists were attempting to reverse their genetic modifications so they could join the Federation when they may have created the virus and transformed into plasma-like beings of light. Right. This is the one where number one, like, gets all colorful. Yeah. It's yeah. burning Saves the everybody. illness through her body, like, ah. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, sick. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how I feel when I chew five gum. I don't <laughs> yeah, know about dude. you guys. Five gum. <laughs> I, want, I want the five skin, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, there are five skins! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Instead of a comet with a force field, they should have a comet with a force skin. Am I right, guys? <laughs> yeah, I can see Picard being uncircumcised. Of course. All French dudes. All French dudes are uncircumcised. Dude. Yeah. I, also, it has a certain je ne sais quoi. Actually, I, I, I hope that it's outlawed. <laughs> yeah, that's genetic engineering. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The guys regrowing their foreskin. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's that's actually what that's actually the modifications Bashir got, and that's why he had to be yep. a secret. Yeah, <laughs> that's yep. why he's a superhuman. Yeah, he's, he's the exactly. only circumcised <laughs> cock in the future. He's like, no one must know. It's not as sensitive as the others. I can fuck for hours. There's so many nerve endings I could, I lost. I got them back. I got them back. Damn it. Uh, so trapped in the storm, uh, Pike and Spark. Okay, I'm sorry, I gotta interrupt you. There was an amazing thing that just mm-hmm. happened there. Both of you were talking about the opposite thing, and neither of you noticed, <laughs> and you both laughed about it. <laughs> Britt was talking about there being the only uh, circumcised male, and Pat, you were. I'm pretty sure we're talking about the only uncircumcised <laughs> man. Yeah, there, there's gonna be nobody circumcised no. in the future. I think, uh, yeah, no. Yeah. yeah, nobody's circumcised. Yeah, they're going to ban the circumcision. Yeah. Yeah, so he's going to be the yeah. only circumcised guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. he's going to be okay. the only circumcised guy. Yeah, Bashir is definitely a Jewish name. Oh, right? no, I was saying that he that he grew it back. Oh, Yeah, see, that's, what, that's yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. That, that right. could be a genetic engineer. I'm, I'm saying that they like use genetics to remove his foreskin. Or, <laughs> or they grew it back even longer. He has the longest <laughs> foreskin. <laughs> He's yeah. dragging along the floor, and Garrick, yeah, it, it's, Garrick it's like is little... like, mm, "Oh my!" Yeah, he, he's like got it up on his shoulder like a hobo sack. Like, does your dick hang low? Does it waddle to and fro? There's an episode where it comes in handy where he has to hide something inside of it. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's like, secret plans like against yeah, the secret plans. That's why he was. That's why he was uh, approached by Section Thirty One because they were like, "Your yeah, your, yeah, yeah. Your, your, your superhuman force can, can help us." Yeah, yeah. More like section like, foreskin one. <laughs> but then, like on a regular day, he just like sticks a bunch of like grapes and a granola bar in there, and then ties it around his leg for later. <laughs> he just you think he, he got the nature valley? Yeah, yeah. Nature valley, all crumbs up in there. Yeah, and so many crumbs in there. <laughs> or he like he kind of fans out and shakes it up, so it's like a trail mix. And so it's, uh, it, it's, it's like, like when you find an old backpack and you're like shaking it on <laughs> the bunch of like paper clips and shit, and you're, like falling. You're like, when did I have paper? Clips? It's like the like, the, the floor uh, mat of a Honda Civic. Um, that's why he couldn't bag Jadzia. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he did mm-hmm. get Ezri. Yeah, she's a freak. Yeah, she is. Yeah, yeah. She probably like put it over her head. <laughs> <laughs> 
she is small enough. She's like all tiny. Right? Oh, yeah, she could hide yeah. in there. Just she could inside. spend the night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a sleeping bag for her. Yeah. It's like the Tauntaun in fucking uh, Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Slashes it open, crawls inside for the night. They're on a frozen planet, uh-huh. <laughs> or just on Risa, uh, no, yeah. relaxing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's uh, what they get up to at Risa. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, so, um, so back on the planet, uh, Pike and Spock are in this uh, plasma storm. Found out, found out the Illyrians turned into plasma-like beings. Uh, the pair are protected from the storm by those beings and return to the Enterprise once everybody is cured from the uh, light addiction. Number one attempts to resign, but Pike refuses. She because she's like, "I'm Illyrian. I'm fucking genetically <laughs> modified." And Pike's like, "No, it's just going to be between you and me." And uh, mm-hmm. so she wonders whether he would have shown more prejudice if she had not helped save the crew because of her blood. Uh, number one learns that the virus got through the ship's automatic filter because Chief Medical Officer Doctor Joseph Mbenga, who we call Lubega here, yes, Doctor uh, Lubega, Mambo Lubega. Number Foreskin, uh, is <laughs> using an outdated transporter to hold his daughter Rukia in stasis until he can cure her very rare disease. Yeah. Uh, yep. this, the politics of this episode are interesting, um, because obviously they introduce the idea that, uh, there is stuff in the Federation that, you know, they'll fucking like throw you in jail for and stuff mm-hmm. that is like non rehabilitative that they will like penalize you for. Um, and that's an interesting thing that we don't really see in Star Trek too often. There are prison colonies here mm-hmm. and there and like, you know, the fucking, uh, you know, Tom Paris, because he collaborated with a Maquis, is picked up from a, pil- a prison mm-hmm. colony. And I wish s- he had stayed in prison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you want to see him uh, <coughs> drop the soap, if you know what I mean. And and mm. yeah, they and they do imply that she's like in a um, uh, what's it called? Mm-hmm. Foreskin. <laughs> foreskin. Yeah, like as sure Foreskin. That <laughs> <laughs> no, she's in um, uh, you know solitary confinement for seven years because mm. like at the at, right because like when at the uh, quality of mercy when they imply that no one can speak to her oh yeah 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 so yeah. and she's picked up at the end of that episode so that's implying that she's been in solitary confinement so, for seven years so yeah there there are punitive justice systems in that star trek like here in the federation it seems yeah. very federation. antithetical to yeah. the federation because yeah. it shows yeah. a uh, a vulcan um rehabilitation colony and they're in another episode and they're very clear to say that like, instead of having like punitive justice, we focus on rehabilitation. Yeah. It shows them doing like art and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's basically like, like uh, fucking like Finland or something. Yeah. It's or, like, like, it's like, well, you know, you murdered all of those children, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but we're going to let you paint, paint and jack off all day. Yeah. yeah it's like, it shows a Vulcan just drawing a black circle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, he's learning. He's, he's becoming sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, the the politics of this one are interesting. Yeah. We got we got punitive carceral system, and we also got the whole uh, keep secrets. Secrets are a good idea because mm. they got they got a couple mm. like things here that could really fuck people's lives up. First off, Pike keeping uh, Una's secret, yeah, and also Una keeping Mbenga's secret and letting him keep his daughter in a a transporter that had already really fucked up the ship. And like almost like compromised their entire mission and mm-hmm. everyone on the ship except for her. So uh didn't love the politics of this one, but this was this was a decent episode. I didn't really love Pike and uh Spock on the planet, but everything on the ship was pretty interesting. 
Yeah, it's kind of like they're well, making naked now. Episode. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I didn't like the whole thing of like number one turning into a like a, a lamp and then <laughs> curing everyone. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did she wait? <clears throat> she cured everybody by like being close to them uh, or whatever. Like, what was it? So uh, no, so ki- well, yeah, she cured some people by being close to them. Um, but most of the chimeral antibodies, <coughs> chimeral right? antibodies, yeah. and also they synthesized her blood to make like a uh, vaccine, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I guess this is also a pro-vax episode, which yeah. you know how we feel about it on this podcast. <laughs> it's it's the vax hour. But it is introducing <laughs> the fact that she's like Wolverine now. Yeah. She's like, she has a healing factor. So she does. Uh-huh. They should give her claws. Oh, that'd be awesome. That's true. Yeah. They or should. just like really long nails. Like she <laughs> yeah. should always have like a French, uh, French mm-hmm. tips done. Yeah. Just like those kind of claws and be like, yes, queen. And like, mm-hmm. she can't like operate the controls at all because she's like clack clack thump thump clack she's just shoving her adamantanium claws through the, <laughs> <laughs> through the things all right so yeah that that, that episode was fine yeah. uh i don't think it the series really picks up until our next episode episode four memento mori mm-hmm. written mm-hmm. by davy perez who's best known for writing a bunch for supernatural and Bo de mayo who wrote for the witcher and moon knight and Man, direct- Supernatural fucking sucks, dude. You, you keep on saying that. I don't care. Uh, and it's directed by Dan Liu, who directed uh, some of The Walking Dead and some of Fear the Walking Dead. Um, so, uh, the Enterprise attempts to deliver a nuclear-powered air filter to a Federation colony, but finds many of the colonists dead. Uh, security mm-hmm. Chief La'on Noonien Singh, who is like a great-granddaughter of um, Khan... Uh, whatever, sing, you know, of the Wrath of Khan, uh, helps evacuate the survivors and recognizes the situation is a Gorn trap. They're bringing back the Gorn, who I don't think we've seen since TOS. Yeah. Um, you oh, know, aren't they in, Enterprise, in an Enterprise episode? Are they? I don't remember them. They might be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're they're not very much. They're not a prominent alien. No. Um, yeah, they basically disappear by TNG. Mm-hmm. So... Um, but like, yeah, we inter- invented rock technology just, <laughs> <laughs> and double punch tech, t- double, double yeah, punch double phasers. Punches, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wipe them out. Um, so, uh, Laon is the only survivor of a Gorn attack in her childhood and, uh, the sole survivor of a Gorn breeding colony. A Gorn ship attacks and does significant damage to the enterprise. Uh, Dr. Mbenga and nurse Christine Chapel. Uh, who we know from Star Trek TOS, in which she was in like a love triangle with Spock most of the time, mm-hmm. uh, resort to 21st century medicine to treat the wounded when their equipment goes offline. And they're like transfusing right. blood and shit like that. And like, they're like, do they did hand jobs in the past, <laughs> right? And there's a whole bunch of HJs because like they get most of their ancient medical texts from uh, rub maps. Do, and oh, yeah, yeah. Doing Civil War amputations. <laughs> <laughs> Cut off his leg and jerk him off. Jerk him off. Next. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, so the crew lure the Gorn ship into the atmosphere of a brown dwarf near a black hole uh, where both ship's sensors and shields are absolutely useless. Spock figures out a way to track the Gorn ship uh, through light and they destroy it, but three more Gorn ship arrive. One Gorn is ship. Gorn ship. Three more Gorn ship. It's like moose. Yeah. You don't, you don't need Gorn to. ship. 
Yeah. I, I wrote it as a, a, a single word, Gornship. It's like a relationship <laughs> with a Gorn. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, one of the Gorn ships is crushed. Uh, sorry. One of the Gorn ship is crushed by the pressure of the Brown Dwarf's atmosphere. Then uh, Spock mind melds with Laon to learn about the Gorn's communication system. Uh, which they find out is like a series of lights, basically mm-hmm. like a fiber optic in space. Uh, and they use this to trick one of the ships to fire on the other. So only one Gorn ship left here. Uh, Enterprise then warps around the black hole, temporarily disappearing, and ejects the destabilizing nuclear air filter, which explodes and convinces the remaining Gorn ship that the Enterprise is destroyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, nice. This was a good episode. And that's a, and, and that's a perfect example is why I don't get why it didn't get any sort of like visual effect. Yeah, Emmys because like the that black hole. Oh um, yeah, uh, part was looked amazing. Yeah, the I mean, yeah, the whole thing looked amazing. Yeah, like, this was one of the more like space heavy and mm-hmm. battle heavy episodes. Mm-hmm. I don't always love battle heavy episodes yeah. because like viewing Starfleet as a militaristic organization kind of sucks, and that was mm-hmm. kind of yeah, the politics yeah. of this. However, you know, it's decent politics, like. Hey, we were fired upon by a hostile enemy. We don't know what the fuck's going on. We're just trying to survive. Mm-hmm. The politics of war survival is a lot more airtight, I think, than yeah. the politics of war itself. And plus, like, Leon was there to inform us about the Gorn that they're not they're not capable of peace. Or so, so that sounds like racism. <laughs> That, yeah, I, I think it does white people said. Bit. I think white people said that about a certain uh, everybody. <laughs> oh my god! Um, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, Lon's canceled. Uh, have you seen the statistics <laughs> on Gorn on Gorn crime? <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, we do see that there is Gorn on Gorn crime. There is. There's a. I mean, it's it's their predominant like. They just can't stop fighting each other for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's know let's not go down this road fellas <laughs> that's, that's a show <laughs> i i'm getting uncomfortable and i'm the one who likes to make it uncomfortable <laughs> if george floyd was in star trek who do you think he'd be guys benjamin cisco <laughs> jake cisco actually oh yeah jake he, he was a poet for that uh <laughs> that george this is we're, we're <laughs> yeah let's this yeah, is we're, terrible I, re, I retract everything I just said <laughs> I'm sticking to it guys uh, episode five Spock Amuck uh, directed by Rachel Lederman who uh, did a lot of effects on Battlestar Galactica and Lost in Space it was also a second director the, on a lot of stuff the new Lost in Space yeah, the new Lost in Space mm. not the 1970s 60s Lost in Space oh yeah the Netflix one I forgot about that have yeah. we watched that I think I watched an episode of that I don't I remember I don't really care yeah but I think by I think I watched the third season and it just didn't really stand out to me at all it just you you just only watched the third season oh uh, no I watched I watched all of them like the first season was good but, but uh-huh. I like third just felt like they were just phoning it in i didn't really i don't remember anything that happened in it hate to see it hate, hate to, to see, see it, it. Mm-hmm. uh and the episode is written by henry alonzo myers who's one of the co-showrunners and robin wasserman who you might know better as debbie wasserman schultz who uh stole uh, the 2016 election from bernie sanders yes actually that's not <laughs> not the same person at all <laughs> it's pro- probably would, the not the same person that, that would be funny though like what's she doing now 
why wouldn't she just be writing for stuff? Yeah, I don't think she she's not. I don't. I don't think she organized for the DNC. She might still have her office in Florida or wherever she was. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so episode five, Spock Amuck, and uh, this is obviously kind of an homage. Uh, in even in the title to Amuck Time, mm-hmm. which is an episode of TOS, which is really good. Yeah. It's probably the most iconic episode of TOS. Mm-hmm. It's the one. Um. That like the cable guy does yeah. a big play on it, uh, mm-hmm. and they bring back the music and everything, and it's awesome. But yeah. we'll get into that. So yeah, and they do, and they do like kind of like foreshadow about what happens in that. In the beginning they do, of the episode, they do. But so, like, but it's a dream. Sequence. Yeah, yeah. In in uh, so yeah, at the very beginning of the episode, we get a dream sequence in which Spock uh, is rejected by his uh, fiance, his betrothed, uh, to Pring. Um, and then she makes him fight a, uh, human version of himself as a full, uh, Vulcan version of himself. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. a lot of this is about like Spock's internal struggle, uh, in dealing with being half human, half Vulcan. Um, so after that, uh, the crew go on to shore leave while the enterprise undergoes repairs, uh, from the Gorn attack on Starbase one. I love how they just worked the Gorn thing I in like, there and yeah, I like that. really didn't talk much about it, but mm-hmm. just like you know, made that the reason for the episode. It worked super well. Yeah, it's it's a good way to connect episodes that way rather it, than the and, series long. Yeah, and it's something they did a ton on DS9. Yeah. Like a ton. Especially mm-hmm. in like seasons yeah. four through seven, there was always a lot of like setting up the episode by giving a brief recap of what mm-hmm. just happened on the last one, which I love. Yeah, that was nice. Uh, so number one and La'an Noonien Singh apprehend two ensigns conducting an unauthorized spacewalk is part of a game played by lower-ranked crew members called Enterprise Bingo. Mm-hmm. In oh, what I will right, say right. was my least favorite uh, subplot of the entire season of no, Star Trek Strange No, 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 no. Epi- the entire episode eight and all of its there, things. Yeah, there, <laughs> there, was, there was a lot going on there, but yeah. I thought th- this, this specifically was like my least favorite plot, I mm-hmm. think, in anything. I'm going to be the outlier. Mm-hmm. I thought it was cool kind of world building kind of just like, cause you don't get to see like the lower deck type. Traditions. Yeah. That, that's, that's what the show lower decks is for. Yeah. That, that I feel that's more of like a farce, but like, this yeah. is like, you know, we get to see, cause you know, you imagine that there is in real life, like some sort of like hazing ritual or little game that the new, that the new guys play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the grunts, right? Like, so I speak as having been a grunt in Mm -hmm. a lot of different companies. Oh, yeah. (laughs) In a lot of different jobs, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, there is a certain way to, like, how those sorts of people get along with each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are they they hazing you at Password University, Spencer? (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Are they they hitting you with a password paddle? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no it's just a surge strip you know? <laughs> just a cat a cat five <laughs> ah! oh no we we use cat six and up only oh, cat true, six okay. and cat seven mm. yeah yeah we're, seven we're... if you're nasty yeah <laughs> i don't even know if that exists <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah i'm into it uh yeah where where were we uh spockamuck okay so uh they play enterprise bingo hate it um, this whole <laughs> podcast hates it. You yourself included, Pat. Thank oh. you. <laughs> it's okay to not hate it. So uh, they also learn that they have reputations as fun killers, and uh, Una specifically, her nickname is "Where Fun Goes to Die." That's not a nickname. No. So, so I will say, uh, I think probably the worst part of this first season was the attempted at comedy. 
most of the comedy they tried sucked. Yeah. Like in some, the best comedy they ever tried to do was subtle comedy, mm-hmm. you know, like Spock being a weirdo. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite comedic moment of the entire series is from the last episode. Yeah. Me too. Where, yeah. Yeah. Where, yeah where we'll Spock, talk about it. Yeah. It was, it, yeah. 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 We'll talk or, about it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We'll get there. We will I, get I there. Just, I could just share Don't it now. Don't get too goddamn it's excited. <laughs> um, <laughs> So we got a fucking podcast cops over here. <laughs> I'm trying to keep the goddamn rails on Spencer. <laughs> We've got a time here and stuff. We've already been at it for a while. So uh, the half human Spock has grown concerned with depraying thinking he has become too human. Uh, he plans to spend his shore leave reconnecting with her, but uh, Admiral April interrupts and asks Pike and Spock to help negotiating with the Rongovians who are considering allying with the Federation in lieu of the Klingons or the Romulans, uh, which is cool. They, they actually have some real like Star Trek politics in here mm. and some like, you know, political wheeling and dealing, which I always love, especially on like TNG mm-hmm. DS nine when they like get deep into the politics of shit. Mm-hmm. I love that shit. Yeah. The uh, diplomacy. And- yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my favorite part. You know, I like the mm-hmm. courtroom drama mm-hmm. in space Mixed mm-hmm. with like diplomacy in space, morality tales in space, baby. <laughs> That's what I'm here for, right? Exactly. Good shit. Yeah. Uh, so after discussing his uh, relationship with Depring uh, with Nurse Chapel, Spock undertakes a special mind meld with Depring, uh, which uh, so they can understand each other better. But instead, it accidentally causes them to switch katras, effectively swapping bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, Spock attempts to carry out to Pring's job, convinced lapsed, uh, convincing a lapsed Vulcan to return to logic, uh, while to Pring helps Pike succeed with negotiations. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mbenga and Chapel later switch Spock into Pring's Katras back using medical technology into their proper bodies. And, uh, Pike is also very successful, uh, negotiating with the Rongovians using what he calls radical empathy. Yeah, this uh, I, this episode yeah. was sick. I like this episode yeah. a lot. This was definitely one of my top episodes of the season. Uh, great homage to TOS mm-hmm. and the parent uh, thirteen going on thirty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, you mean Freaky Friday or Freaky yeah, Friday? There you, yeah. go. there you go. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, thir- thirteen going on thirty. That's uh, that she becomes old. She, that, that's big. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Or or how about Neelix's uh, favorite uh, thir- <laughs> thirteen going on three? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you mean thirty going on three? <laughs> Either way, he just, 13 is too old for him still. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. no, the, the, my only complaint with this episode is that it's a little overstuffed. It is. Uh, there's, there's, there's five there's different subplots. Plots. Mm-hmm. They could have lost like two of them, especially Mbenga fishing. We did not need that. 100%. Nobody needed that. I liked Mbenga fishing. We didn't need Mbenga fishing and we didn't, I mean, Nurse Chapel's romance and her talking with like Ortegas about it was yeah. fine, but it's mm-hmm. like, they could have built her and Spock without like the fucking fuck boy that she had there yeah. for one scene. Like that guy sucked, not needed. But I do like that they're building a, a, a romantic tension between mm. Spock and Chapel. That's very obvious, but also kind of subtly done. I would have preferred yeah. more uh, body switched hi- hijinks. Like yeah, you know, just sort of like them getting in like you know little flubs and like little little. Or like, uh, but, uh, honestly, like it's only logical to like masturbate when you first find out you're in someone <laughs> yeah, else's right? body. We like, don't get wh- to see that. 
Yeah. Don't get to see that. Yeah, that would have been funny if, like, when they, instead of them trying to, like, get, you know, when Pike comes in and they're trying to get back into each other's, into the they're same place. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Just, like, dude, just, like, crack. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what did I walk in on? Like, like, is this as big as it gets? Like, <laughs> like, you think before they switched back, they would at least, like, fuck each other in each other's bodies, oh, that right? Been, oh. like, why, like, why wouldn't you? Like, come on. Like, yeah. That would be it. sick as fuck, right? You're right? Yeah. <laughs> like, that way you know the equipment better? Like, that's only logical. Oh, God. Yeah, they really uh, missed they would the be mark like, on It that. is only logical for us to get to know each other's bodies better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Real, real missed opportunity They're like, there. We could have radical empathy in our genitals. <laughs> Also, it would have been funny also with the radical empathy thing. Mm-hmm. You know how um, Leon has that one like really soy line where she's just like, um, I'm going to um, do something else. You know? Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Like that, that would have yeah. been funny if the Rungovians like did that. Like they're just trying, they just started talking like Josh Whedon. They just during, got during, super during, soy. <laughs> yeah. um, so that just happened. <laughs> they start doing that during the thing like because they, 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 take, they take the cue from Lon saying that thing. Oh, that's, that's too smart for this show. <laughs> yeah. that's like, far, this show that's, is not that's, smart that's, enough. To yeah. And that's also like far that. too funny for this that show. Because yeah, that would have yeah. been hilarious. Yeah the, yeah, the the heights of the comedy on the show are like mid yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. Um so, episode So, so I will say uh, w- quick w- well credit is credit is due here. I do feel like uh uh, uh what's his name? Spock, his performance is pretty good as, mm-hmm. you know, Ethan to Peck, bring. Yeah. Uh mm-hmm. and same with her. Like her performance yeah. as Spock so, yeah. was really good. It's like she Yeah, they were convincing. The yeah, yeah, really yeah. really like I mean the acting on here was great. The writing was super tight. The writing mm-hmm. more so than anything was like the tightest of probably any episode except for maybe last one i don't know yeah. like the writing was tight on this episode really fucking good just a good episode well acted yeah. well written they had a lot to cover in that and it was it was very much an episode of star trek yeah. as well it was the wacky episode first wacky episode yeah which i'm fine with a good wacky episode if yeah. it's good the, the premise wasn't cringy wasn't too cringe like the, no. mm-hmm. the actual like execution of them like being in each other's bodies and being like awkward was yeah. like pretty good and like fairly entertaining except and then also the mas- like no masturbation I I, I I said this at the time and i'll say it again just because it's important to me i love it when characters make decisions that make sense for their character and one thing that i thought was really good nice touch in this episode as soon as it happens as soon as they switch bodies they immediately tell pike they're like look yeah. this is what happened like yeah, there's, there's no, reason no to hide it. Yep. because in a shittier show like star trek picard they would hide it and it would be dumb and it would create a dramatic <laughs> moment later on in the episode but thankfully <laughs> Thankfully, they treated these characters like real people, and I mm-hmm. respect for, like adults for the most mm-hmm. part. There was one thing I did find unconvincing, and that's when um, Spock, as to Pring, punches a guy because right. he gets mad at him. Yeah, because he insults Spock or to Pring or something. Spock, yeah, he insults him as he is another person. Yeah, and they never really addressed that. Like, yeah, and, he, and did he's it like, hurt Sometimes I might be too human or something. No, yeah. I guess not. I don't care. Or maybe he like, maybe Nurse Chapel fixed up her hand. Oh, yeah. Then, or, like, or he's like, sorry to bring, I was masturbating. <laughs> that's, that's how a <laughs> Vulcan like, masturbates. It's okay. I was as well. <laughs> I was uh, feeding the horse, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> as they say on Vulcan. As they say in Vulcan. <laughs> I, I was playing with a little man in the boat. Nurse <laughs> Chapel has taught me so many human phrases. <laughs> like a man in the boat. 
I was taking him for a short tour. Short tour. <laughs> a three-hour tour. Yeah, there you go. As ancient humans might say. <laughs> um, so episode six, Lift Us Where Suffering Cannot Reach. First off, amazing title. Yeah. Amazing also, title. I, it sounds like a bl- post-black metal album. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, Lift Your Skinny Fist to Heaven. It's, yeah. You know, Godspeed, you black Star Trek. <laughs> That would that that'd be a good uh, meme. Just like put it over like um, uh, Mayhem's album, where it's just like, like you know, scream like the black metal, like screaming like, "Hell yeah!" Suffering, suffering cannot reach. <laughs> I'm pretty uh, sure there there is a, at least a song called that that has blast beats in it. Like oh, I swear. But yeah, sick title, sick title. Yeah, so this uh, episode was written by, co-written by Robin Wasserman, who co-wrote Spock Amok and also stole the election from Bernie Sanders, <laughs> and uh, Bill Wolkoff, who uh, wrote Children <coughs> of Illyria, and directed by uh, Ange Armenigan, who did two episodes of Arrow, six episodes of Stargirl, and one episode of Star Trek Discovery. So... Hmm. While en route to the planet Magellis, uh, the Enterprise receives a distress call from a shuttlecraft under attack from a warship. Enterprise destroys the warship, and the shuttlecraft personnel are beamed aboard. Uh, A boy is designated the first servant, and his father and his personal physician, Gamal, and also Alora, a leader on Magellis who is an old flame of pikes. Oh, they fuck. Oh, they get it on. Oh, they, they, they do. They this is and so I'm keeping a board of number of times we know for sure Pike fucks and number of times we know for sure Spock fucks. Hey, they could have just held each other in bed. That's yeah. But okay. <laughs> wow. Cool. Yeah, see, here you are, Britt, making assumptions <laughs> yeah. when we've already established that I have you the, have I, already I, established. I have the director's cut, fellas. Because I saw he penetration. He didn't make her breakfast or or a meal. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, are he, we sure, are you even listen, sure that sex happens? If, yeah, if you, make, point. if you make them come, you don't need to make them food. That's the rules. <laughs> um, I, I, I suppose that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's my rule. That's why I'm always cooking. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, that's why I have my own deep fryer. Uh-huh. Um, uh. <laughs> so uh, Pike agrees uh, to return with them to Magellus. Uh, Gamal attempts to fake his son's death to keep him from returning to the planet, but is thwarted and the boy goes to Magellus with Pike and Alora for his, quote, ascension ceremony, unquote. Yeah, and they, they, Which, they try pretty hard to, like, pitch it as, like, oh, yeah, like, we're just trying to do what these people on this planet want to do. Also, their planet is weird. So this is also, like, one of the few episodes that does feature a strange new world. True, um, true. The, the, We'll, so, we'll actually, believe it or not, we will get into that. I have some facts and figures. Yeah, I have seen that meme here. going around. Yeah, uh, as well. That That's being said, I like the, it on the my world story. is the world is strange, right? Like they they're <laughs> they're living in a, like a a city that's suspended above lava for some insane reason it seems yeah. like there's plenty of planets where that's not the case so i don't know why they're choosing to live here and they have warp technology so they can colonize 
other planets if they wanted to not have to live on the lava Correct. planet. <laughs> yeah, but Correct. Yeah, but as we've uh, as they actually established in the episode, the closest habitable planet is the class L planet on which the survivors from that yeah. planet live, mm-hmm. uh, which is mm, not true. a great place to live because they have basically like terraformed these things on top of their lava planet to make it a class M super livable like verdant planet. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, uh, so uh, they uh, are setting up this kid for something called an ascension ceremony, which to me sounds like super like Jeffrey Epstein, <laughs> but well, you know. it could just be a bar mitzvah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that'd, that'd, be, yeah. that'd be amazing if it just turned out. It's like, you're 13. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look at all the, here's an envelope full of money. And then he's like, put him on like a chair, bland plate. Yeah, they put him on a chair, like, uh, <laughs> Then like some, there's a crappy cover band. I mean, they they did put him on a chair. <laughs> they they did. Oh, yeah. um, they so did. they did. Uh, speaking of which, Pike is allowed to witness the ceremony where the corpse of the previous first servant is removed from a machine, and the new first servant is connected in his place. So, love that. Just showing like a like a dead dead kid. kid dead kid. I love. <laughs> and then I, they I, show I, the new kid get all fucked up by the machine. Like, yeah. They uh-huh. show yeah. it. Yeah. He's just like, oh god. Yeah, he's like, yeah. I'm coming. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, the thing doesn't like rely on its brainwaves; it relies on a semen, and so the thing is just constantly pumping <clears throat> him, like like yeah. a okay. fucking milking him like a cow. <laughs> yeah. and so he's just in a state of perpetual like forced orgasm. Hmm. So yes, he is being tortured until he dies. However, he is in perpetual bliss until he dies. Bro, well. it depends on how you see it. Bro, that kid's like eight years old. <laughs> <laughs> eight. <laughs> Your olds can orgasm, Spencer. <laughs> uh, Neelix can tell you that. <laughs> I do not condone or endorse. Yeah, I do not condone or endorse <laughs> any of this. <laughs> Very funny. Oh my. Um, <coughs> so um, Pike is horrified by this uh, this happening. This hooking up a child to run a planet. Yeah. It's um, not good. I'm not no, it's, lie. it's not. No. And, but he's unable able to stop it. And Allure explains that Magellus can only remain a paradise-like society if one child is sacrificed to the machine at a time. It's the trolley problem. It is. Yep. It's a uh, uh, needs of the many uh, versus needs of the few kind of thing. Yeah, it's a trolley um, problem episode. It is. Uh, Magellus is, but, but like they they don't really give a whole lot of time for the debate of the trolley no, problem. No. It's just like. Yo, we solved this trolley problem. It's one. It's, mm-hmm. We sacrificed this kid, and everybody's fine. And then yeah. you just have to deal with it, Pike. And he's like, do, oh, do you th- fuck, I can't have sex with you anymore. <laughs> do you think that that's maybe what Jeffrey Epstein was trying to do? Is try, He was trying to find the first servant to run the planet? I mean... That's why I had to go through so. I want to say no because everything <laughs> sucks and has sucked. <laughs> so yeah, we don't have we don't have any. No, the, the planet nothing. still exists. I, yeah. I, I think maybe Jeffrey <laughs> Epstein was like staving off like disastrous like climate change, mm. and that's why things are getting worse. We're getting more hurricanes and stuff. Once Epstein died, you know what? You know, mm-hmm. we all have some pull our vacation time together, and then like we can take a trip to little St. James and look inside <laughs> Look inside that striped building. And- oh, yeah. The striped <laughs> building is where they keep the throne room, man. Yeah. The first servant. If um, it's still yeah. there, is it, that thing still standing? How, how come no one's like, with all, this has gone on for years now, no one's gone in that thing yet? I bet they have, but they're like, oh, uh, th- these are lists of people we work for. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. 
pictures of people we work for. Pictures of us? <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh, so Magellus's rebellious colony objects to this practice of uh, putting a kid and torturing him to run the planet. And uh, Gamal, as you might do, Gamal, yeah. his father slash physician, has joined them in an attempt to save his son. Uh, Gamal helps Mbenga work on a treatment for his daughter Ryuka's condition, and then leaves Enterprise to join the colony, hoping <coughs> to save future first servants. Mm-hmm. This was a cool episode. I like this one. This is a very Star Trek episode. Very Star mm-hmm. Trek. Very uh, ethical quandary kind yeah. of. Uh, needs of the many, needs of the few, which is a very Star Trek trope yeah. to do. And uh, they kind of just like they let they let the viewer kind of decide where they stand because mm-hmm. they don't really they don't come to a conclusion definitely for like where how that planet's going to continue in the future. So it's kind of more like it it it's up to the viewer to you know put their own morality to it. Like you know, would you stop the child dying and you know what you know what let's let's uh let's open up the floor here uh mm-hmm. would you would you kill the child for the planet yes yes i would <laughs> easy 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 peasy lemon squeezy i mean i would just what? be like y'all can go to another fucking planet yeah like go find there's so many planets you have more technology we You'll gave find we a gave an entire planet, planet to the irish <laughs> Like and another place. Is there to, something wrong with that? <laughs> I'm just saying, like Pat? they have, they have, they have, they have a, they have a Renaissance festival planet where people can just be like live as like re- Irish stereotypes. Yeah, so, sounds good to me. Ireland's just like that too. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but like, so we give that to them. We also have like the Scottish, you know, sex ghost planet as well. And yeah. so it's like, so these people, we can't just like take this, you know highly evolved scientific people and then move them to a, to a, it's their homes. It's the same reason the Maquis didn't want to move, you know, Yeah, but it's like still, it's, it's yeah, their fucking but, home. They got, but they are, they but they are yeah. Killing, killing a child to, to just, just live one on at a time. Lava planet. And it's not, they're not killing him. I mean, slowly, slowly, you know? very slowly. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I've hooked a lot of children up to a lot of machines for a lot of reasons, as, and this is not the as worst one. one. Does. As but one. also, would have been interesting if they they could also see like you know it's just like a tradition that they've continued for you know a millennia and never questioned, and it turns out they didn't need to do it in the first place. Yeah, but oh, they absolutely do need to do it. They have figured that out. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, the kid yeah, really, goes in could, the chair. They, everybody's it just, fine. It could just be like the sort of like religious dogma that they're afraid to question, and they just keep doing it, and just because their ancestors did. That would that would be a great episode. Yeah, that, that would be a cool twist, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, episode seven. Speaking of cool twists, uh, episode seven: the Serene Squall, mm-hmm. uh, written by Bo DeMaio, who wrote episode four, Memento Mori, uh, also some of The Witcher and Moon Knight. And Sarah Tarkov, who co-wrote uh, episode two, Children of the Comet, plus some uh, episodes of Arrow. Mm-hmm. Directed by Sidney Friedland, who uh, did a couple of Walking Dead spinoff shows and a couple of episodes of Reservation Dogs. Wait, is there two Walking Dead spinoffs? I thought there was just one. There's two spinoffs. So there's one Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead, yeah. and The Walking Dead Rise or some shit like oh, that. Oh, I've never heard of that one. I, I, th- I want to say there was one that like takes place on a submarine or some shit, or there's going to be. I don't what? know. It's something. I don't know, man. Don't you ask me. You can only fit like 40 people in a submarine. Like, Yeah. Yeah. And also, know. you can only be like under like 5'8", I think. 
to work on a submarine. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. That sucks. I can't ever work on a submarine? <laughs> no. Oh, no. <laughs> what am I going to do with my life? Wow. My plans are ruined, guys. I'm glad we're here with you in this moment. You know. Am I going to have to podcast for the rest of my life? I can't oh, be a I'm submarinist. Sorry. You can't join the Navy and be on a sub. Oh, no. Where am I going <laughs> to suck cock on the high seas? I guess I'll have to go on a carnival cruise line. <laughs> no, you can can get radical surgery and just cut your legs off at the knee and have your feet <laughs> just like cotton hill <laughs> radical empathy surgery radical empathy um, for short so, kings short kings <laughs> uh, episode seven the serene squall starfleet commander or sorry starfleet counselor aspen travels with the enterprise to a far-flung colony under the attack of space pirates in the rogue ship serene squall Pike and a boarding party beam over to the ship, only for its crew to board the Enterprise at the exact same time. And they are captured by some swashbuckling pirates. And they are like straight up like pirates of the Caribbean pirates. Yeah. Except like (laughs) green and different alien races. It's really hammy. Some of it's kind of fun, but most of it's distracting. It is distracting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Aspen reveals themselves to actually be Captain Angel, the Serene Squall's captain, and also a pirate. Mm-hmm. They contact to Pring, um, who we saw several episodes earlier, uh, Pox Betrothed, uh, and give her an ultimatum. Release Angel's lover, a Vulcan prisoner that Pring is attempting to rehabilitate, or Spock dies. Tepring chooses to hand the prisoner over, but Spock pretends to break their engagement by claiming to have an affair with Chapel, and they make out pretty hard. Hells yeah. Um, Hells yeah. So Angel mm-hmm. tries to fire on Tepring's ship, but the Serene Squall boarding party use remote access codes to lock the Enterprise's controls. Captain Angel flees, and the pirates surrender. Spock reassures Tepring of his love for her and tells Chapel that their friendship is strictly a platonic one. He also reveals to Chapel that Angel's lover is his evil half brother, Cybok. Is he Cybok evil? He's supposed kind of. to be. We're supposed to believe he's evil. I mean, he's yeah. he's evil in what Star Trek six is that or five? Oh, five. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Well, he, no, he's 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 just kind of he has his goals. Yeah, but they're kind of self-centered and evil, right? He, he wants to meet God. He wants to. Yeah, that's and he's, that's and self-centered and, he's, and evil. That's and what remo- Christians do. <laughs> that's all is, Christians he is, he is, do. He's, he's kind of you know Christian. he's kind of a megalomaniac, but he takes away people's pain. So he's like a megachurch pastor, basically. Yeah, he's a megachurch. Ba- yeah, because that's what they modeled that episode after. It's like the megachurch. So you agree with me? Evil. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the politics of this episode are he does he does sacrifice himself though. That's true. That's true. A hero's death. A hero's death. Um, the pirates of this episode are interesting. Uh, yeah. It's it's very like warlike and like yeah. I don't know. It's 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 a very seafaring episode. It would have worked better as a period piece. Um, as a mm-hmm. starship thing, it doesn't really work, especially because like the, the pirates just kind of bypass all of the technology and they're just like, oh, we're pirates. Yeah, they're Eat some gruel. Yeah, they're very they're very they're very advanced mm-hmm. like technology technology wise. But but they're dirty. They have shitty food. Yeah, they don't have any kind of food replicators. Like like they're dressed like shit. Yeah, like they're dressed like fucking pirates. Mm-hmm. It just like it just doesn't really make any sense to me. Kind of took me out of it. 
it was still mm-hmm. a fun episode, I'd say. And I, I really liked uh, the person who played Angel yeah. in the role. Uh, they were really hot. They wore like a bodysuit uh, that was just like awesome. I thought uh, there was going to be some sort of romantic tension. Well, I mean, they're they obviously going for that with romantic tension between Her, Angel and Spock. I, I thought it was Angel and, and Pike was the romantic tension. No, between Spock. Yeah. I, I, I thought there was some tension in the beginning with Pike in like the first room. Well, like, Angel was spending all of her time with Spock though. Yeah, yeah. but I thought... And then there was I, like sort of like a... Like a like them slowly, you know, respecting each other and like, yeah, 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 right? yeah. But everyone yeah. wants to f- yeah. fuck Pike. I'm, I'm there everyone with you. To fuck Pike. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, everybody does want to fuck Pike, though. I mean, like, who doesn't want to fuck yeah. Pike? But but Pike, but but I think Pike's thing. He was he went over to the pirate ship, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. but so like he was Pike was spending his time, you know. You know, doing like their plan and spilling know, this, all that gruel onto that that bar yeah. all over the bar. All that and gruel that, that bar. bothered me so much. Yeah. <laughs> that bothered me so much. Yeah, uh, just a, a bar full of oatmeal. Uh huh. So you know, much someone had to clean that up. Yeah, like come on, actors, learn to what? fucking serve. Why does gruel always look like oh, just watered down oatmeal? Because that's it, what gruel is. Like <laughs> traditionally, it's like it's a hydrated grain of some sort, and basically whatever else you can put in there. It's like grits. Yeah, mm. basically. It's mm-hmm. it's like a meal usually mm. with water and then any kind of protein you can find or anything, any vegetables. It's disgusting. I feel like they should, they should have just updated that since it's space, you know, just be sort of like a some sort of like protein <laughs> sludge yeah, or, or have like gawk or something like yeah, that. Yeah, just there like you go. just like just take take like they they plop it on there and it's just like some bizarre color. <laughs> just or, like, or they all just drink Soylent. Branded Soylent. Or it's like, or, or whatever, whatever they got from the last shipment, they're just like, all right, we just got these b- bugs or something. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So, uh, episode eight, The Elysian Kingdom. My favorite uh-huh. episode. Written by Akilla <laughs> Cooper, who uh, wrote Ghost of Valeria, and also the uh, script for Malignant, uh, the horror film. Right. James Wan. Uh-huh. And was also a super, supervising. It's it, all right. It's awesome. <laughs> it's all right. It's, it's awesomely bad. I've heard it, it's it, fun. It, it, it's silly. Yeah. It's too long. It's an hour and 50 some minutes too long. Yeah, it, it, they could have definitely cut a lot of stuff yeah, out. They could, have, just they could have cut out 30 minutes and it would have been tight. Just focused on the bizarre parasitic twin shit. And then oh, like, don't, don't, oh, don't spoil. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, and also written by Onitra Johnson. Which, this is actually their first writing gig. They wow. were uh, writer's assistant uh, for Strange New Worlds up until this point. Uh, right out the gate, writing the best episode. Uh, for sure. Uh, and uh, <laughs> directed by Amanda Rowe, who's the writer-director of the show Nancy Drew. Was that Not like the a Nancy new... Drew Carey show. Is it, wait, is there a new like Nancy Drew show? I've never even heard of that. Yeah, uh, we talked about it literally on uh, the episode we talked about this episode. <laughs> I yeah. Don't... Yeah, it exists. <laughs> cool. Um, so uh, the Enterprise is surveying a nebula when its warp drive fails, causing the crew to black out. Dr. Mbenga awakens to find the Enterprise's interior dressed as the high fantasy setting of his daughter's favorite book, with the crew unknowingly portraying its medieval characters. Mm-hmm. So this is one of those episodes where they're like, "Hey, uh, the studio like says we can use the fucking uh, medieval costumes from uh, I don't know, 
What's the medieval <laughs> show that fucking Paramount makes? They Do probably they make, make some like Game of Thrones like show. Yeah, rip off like Merlin's dick or something. <laughs> yeah, like that. Well, I was I was seeing like uh, <laughs> that's on but... it's Skinamax, but you know. <laughs> Merlin's dick. <laughs> Berlin staff part two, the full skinning. The erratic adventures of Hercules. <laughs> no, they they are showing like they all the costumes were made for the show. Like, uh, oh yeah, yeah. They're on Twitter. They were posting like um, the mock-ups of uh, all their costumes and stuff. Oh well, uh, one thing they did find out is um, uh, Ortega's sword in this was a replica Aragorn sword from Lord of the Rings that you can buy from like a, a magazine. <laughs> Hells yeah, yeah, which yeah. is a pretty pretty fun little thing that rocks. I, I've sub- I used to be subscribed to that magazine. I'm no longer, but I <laughs> need to get it again. It's incredible. I forget the name of it off the top of my head, but like it it just has Pen- like penthouse all- men. <laughs> it just has all these replicas of like fucking movie swords and shit, and like gargoyles and like that's badass. like badass like tables you can get you know like when you see a table and it's like being held up it's like a glass slab being held up by like a dragon on its back mm-hmm. it's like that kind of shit it's pretty tight um they make you should furnace your entire house that way <laughs> dude if i had the money like why yeah. not like what are you doing you know i mean exactly. why not when you could decorate it like uh uh neelix's quarters <laughs> well i'm not i'm not looking <laughs> Not trying to get Neelix. the same shit Neelix is trying to I'm get. I'm not okay? talking about his dungeon, all right? I'm talking about his quarters. Yeah. It's like, Neelix, why do you have this box of toys? You don't have any kids. Uh, <laughs> it says toys on here. Oh, Neelix. Oh, oh, Neelix. oh Neelix. You've been a bad dragon. <laughs> uh, so, Chief Engineer Hammer, uh, an Anair, is the only other crew member aware of the situation besides Mbenga, thanks to his telepathic abilities. And they discover that the nebula has its own consciousness com- comparable to a Boltzmann brain. Uh, they find Mbenga's daughter and learn that the nebula has detected her loneliness and created the fantasy on the ship to entertain her. I also got to mention, um, this is a titty episode. Yes. Like it, it prominently uh, features the titties of two of the main cast members, uh, Laons, which are pretty good, and mm-hmm. Ahuras, which are phenomenal. Just, just <laughs> honestly, one of the best performances this season are Ahuras titties in episode eight, the Elysian yeah. Kingdom. Damn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, do you disagree, Spencer? Uh, I was so bored watching that episode that, like, I, I honestly you didn't even don't jerk remember. off. What? You got bored and you didn't jerk off? That's not like you, Spencer. Are you okay, buddy? That's true. I've been very busy lately. <laughs> not Truly not myself. I got to get back into the... Uh, Jerking off when you're bored. Yeah, back into the movement stroke. of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Back you know in the I'm swing saying. of things. Yeah. <laughs> back in the stroke of things. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, A stroke of good luck. That's what that band, The Strokes, that's how they got their name, right? It's oh, about yeah. jerking off. Yeah, that that's what uh, having a stroke is also about. <laughs> totally. It's like, do I smell lose, toast or am I about lose, to come? After you lose one side of your of your body, you know, what else are you going to do with the left one free hand you got left? Uh-huh. It's like, well, crank it. Imagine pranking somebody into thinking they're having a stroke by getting toast-scented <laughs> lubricant and then having sex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a real impractical jokers right there. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> so the uh, the nebula also cures Mbenga's daughter's disease, but this will not last if they need, leave the vicinity of the nebula. 
The nebula offers to preserve Ryuka uh, by converting her into an energy being within the nebula, which Mbenga reluctantly agrees to. Kind of reluctantly. Not that reluctantly. He's like, meh. It's a, it's, that's a pretty major decision to make in five minutes. Especially <laughs> after this, this like nebula put them through a trial and like fucked with their lives and put their lives in danger. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean the nebula at the same time, the nebula also showcased them titties. So mm, maybe yes. the nebula is like benevolent after all, oh, yeah. <laughs> at least to the viewer kind of, except we had to watch this, the writing on this episode. Oh my gosh, this episode. So, um, Mbenga then sees a vision, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, Mbenga then uh, sees a vision of Ryuka as a grown woman several seconds later, having experienced a life of adventures with the nebula, whom she calls Deborah, uh, who is Mbenga's late, I think, late wife's name. They don't really, yeah. I don't think they ever say that she's dead, but we mm-hmm. assume so. Yeah. Uh, the new Deborah, Nebula Deborah, ne- <laughs> Nebula Debrila, uh, Deb- Deb- Debrila, Debrila, thank you, <laughs> Debrila, releases the Enterprise restoring its warp drive and interior design with uh, no one other than Mbenga being able to remember the fantasy. He tells number one about Ryuka's fate, but then is like, (laughs) shit went weird. My daughter's gone. Uh, No one remembers the last five hours. Mm. That's cool. Mm. And number one's like, all right, (laughs) that's it. It would have been funny though. Like, you know how she comes back and she's a grown woman. Mm-hmm. That'd be funny if she like blinks out again and then comes back and then she's like 80 years old. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm dying, she's like, dad. She's like, dad, what's happening to me? And then like blinks out again and then comes back as a corpse. A, it's, a, it's, a, it's a skeleton covered in rats and cockroaches. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, no, my daughter, no. And now there's nebula rats all over the ship. Mm-hmm. That would have been funny. but uh, Yeah, so I hated this episode. I loved it <laughs> spencer how do you feel I you're the tiebreaker did not like this episode <laughs> i so, i didn't okay, like it. here's it's, the thing here's the thing yeah. okay i don't hate an episode like this like no, an episode no, it's a, it's where a fine like premise. something weird happens yeah. to the ship everybody's they're wearing medieval clothes whatever they're wearing cowboy clothes whatever mm-hmm. it can be fun i'm into it this episode is boring and that is my mm-hmm. biggest criticism of it it moves slow and Mbenga, he's fine, but he's not super charismatic as a lead, and he's just not that interesting as a character. I, I, li- I liked Mbenga's performance on this. Him and Hemmer put in good performances. Hemmer was uh, better. I did like Hemmer. And, and, and honestly, like Pike put in a pretty good performance as a dandy fop, but I don't like him as a dandy fop. No. Like, he, he definitely had a lot of fun playing. The he did, fun. and you could tell he was having fun, which is fine. But yeah. and I like him being silly on occasion. Like in the previous episode, he did a uh, a pirate impersonation. That was it fun. was good comedy yeah. and one of the funniest moments in the entire season. Yeah, and I, I'm pretty sure he just like did that on his own volition. I don't think that was written in the episode. It was too funny. Yeah, I know. Oh, it yeah. felt very much like this was a this was an improv, and it yeah. felt it was it was really funny though. It was. <laughs> I, I loved it. I loved yeah. it, but. The the comedy they attempt a lot of comedy on this episode and I find it, most of it very soy. Oh, I in really fact, hated the Laon stuff. Oh, like yes. she was so, absolutely so this, insufferable. Oh, yeah. Laon in this episode actually gets my soy moment of the season <laughs> when she sings. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. That w- that is exactly mine as well. Honestly, that's mm-hmm. that's what really took this episode down for me. Like, it's um, I don't know. I mean, I guess sure we needed a resolution like, to like. Uh, or at least a continuation of, you know, Mbenga's daughter's mm-hmm. crisis, whatever. 
you know, yeah. uh, which is fine. And like doing a very like like a bottle episode kind of like this one where they're all just mm-hmm. like, hey, they were trapped on the ship and everything's weird. Um, it's probably cheaper. But uh, yeah, I don't know. This I mean, was it cheaper? Because they spent so much money on cost, new costumes yeah. and fucking set design. So many vines and shit in a throne room and shit like that. Yeah. Fucking big titty dresses. <laughs> it yeah. would have been fun if, yeah. But I mean, I guess it, hmm. if they did have it actually in a castle or something. Yeah, that would have made it more fun, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. Or or, a, or an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> an like asshole. The, ne- the nebula's asshole. <laughs> like yeah. if it, they were just stuck in a big brown colon and they're mm-hmm. like in a medieval colon mm-hmm. just like oh no what's what's that big brown boulder coming towards us <laughs> and that's the whole tension in the episode <laughs> they gotta push the poop back with a force field <laughs> they're just like vomiting because it smells so bad <laughs> but hammer's like, like i quite like this <laughs> i have i have heightened smelling and i think i might need to go uh, jerk off yeah yeah and uh, they're like, reminds me of Endor. <laughs> They're like slipping in the, the brown winds of Andorian. <laughs> mm, the open sewers of Andorian. <laughs> this is where they keep the Anar. That's why they call us the Anar. <laughs> the Analar. It's the A spot. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Uh, rocks. Yeah, this yeah, is my so least favorite episode of the season. My, my, yeah. like, I, my like, least I just, favorite episode of the season. So this is the only it. episode of the season where I just feel like I didn't like it. Like, no. it was just too boring and too yeah, like the, it was about things yeah. that I don't subplots I don't care about, and it was boring and yeah, ultimately I, I totally, relatively inconsequential to the rest of the season. To, <coughs> to, oh, except yeah. for you know like <coughs> Manga's plot, which I think they really shouldn't have opened up in the first place because it resolved itself within like four or five episodes. Mm-hmm. They yeah. started to establish his daughter as a character, and then we're like, eh, nope. Which is, uh, you know, if she is an actress and needed to go do something else, or her parents were like, no, no more. Yeah, like, worried about her aging out of the part or something. Yeah, I, I get writing her out. This was, I liked the end of the episode. The end of the episode was mm-hmm. great, and it almost brought me to tears. It was a, a really good emotional moment. Mm-hmm. However, like the first three quarters of the episode were real fucking community theater ass. Yeah, shit. yeah. Like, yeah. And I would have, I would have liked to not see her return as an adult. Like, yeah, yeah, like, that'd be cool if they just let it be. Yeah, if 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 she was just if it just went and he just had to just like accept that, or or that, if she came back as an adult and she was like completely disfigured and she's like <laughs> the experiment didn't work, father. <laughs> why did you agree to that? The nebula abuses me. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's one thing. Like he made a pretty pretty drastic decision there just like giving it to a especially after the nebula just fucked with everybody yeah mm-hmm. like it doesn't make any sense because the nebula was just a dick to him yeah and he's true. like you know what i trust you as a babysitter <laughs> yeah. this is fine per- yeah personally i would have liked if he did end up fixing his daughter somehow that like, on cool, his yeah. own terms mm-hmm. that would have been like you know him growing Wait, as fixing a- like taking out her ovaries <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, i meant like her 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 disease like if he cured her mm-hmm. and um you know that would have shown him grow as a as a doctor or you know mm-hmm. but but yeah give, giving her to an to a nebula during a renaissance fair seems yeah seems pretty whack <laughs> like you know yeah yeah just say just to just be like you're you're now going off into space and i'm just going to just live the rest of my life with the consequences yeah it's cool 
you know, no. whatever. They wrote her out. Fine. Yeah, they wrote. Yeah, they didn't need this whole episode to do it though. And this whole episode. Oh, I mean, I think I think it would, it would have needed a whole episode, to but not this episode. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know, but I, I mean, I'm a big fan of holodeck episodes. So. That's fair. I like a good holodeck episode too. Yeah. This wasn't though. In this yeah. like, eh, they did. They made a lot of decisions I didn't like. Mm-hmm. And so it, it had a premise that could have worked, but the way they played it wasn't my favorite mm-hmm. and my least favorite of the season. That's fair. Yeah, fair. I was. I would also agree with that. Episode <laughs> nine: All Those Who Wander, written by Davy Perez, who wrote uh, uh, episode five, Momentum Mori, as well as several episodes of Supernatural, and directed by Christopher J. Byrne, who directed a bunch of the TV show Twelve Monkeys, which Akiva Goldsman show ran, as well as American Gods, and three episodes of Star Trek Discovery. So probably actually the most uh, tenured uh, director in mm-hmm. the series so far. Mm-hmm. Um, besides maybe Akiva Goldsman. Uh, I thought this the episode inter- rocked. Yeah, this episode was really good. It was really good. Uh, and I actually yeah. uh, messaged or uh, left a comment on Davy Perez, the writer's uh, thing on Twitter, saying uh, thank you, great episode. And mm-hmm. he, uh, he thanked me back. Yeah, Another I mean- writer, I guess, who's in the writer's room there also like piled on. It's like, yeah, great episode, dog. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's very, you know, derivative of Alien, the Alien. Yeah, it's, it's it is. literally we'll, just we'll, Star Trek We will get into that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get into that. So <laughs> the Enterprise is en route to Deep Space K-7 uh, when it receives another priority assignment to investigate the missing USS Pentagreen. While Enterprise continues to K-7, Pike leads an away team to an ice planet where they find the grounded Pentagreen. Hammer and Ahura restore the uh, sorry restore the ship's systems while Pike learns that it was carrying three refugees in Orion and two humanoids. Uh, one was infected with Gorn eggs, which hatched with the hatchlings bursting from his body and attacking the crew. Pike's team finds the other two refugees to be the only other survivors. One of them, Buckley, is also infected with Gorn eggs and the hatchlings burst out and kill one of the red shirts on the away team. The, uh, the Gorn attack the team as hatchlings, but they also fight with each other until only the strongest hatchling is left. Speaking of Gorn-on-Gorn violence statistics, <laughs> uh, it's uh, five of them happen here, and only one of them survives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I don't understand about the Gorn. Because, like, yeah, how can they run a ship when, yeah. like, they're all, they all want to fight for dominance? Yeah. Or how can, like, they, they have two ships near each other if they need to fight for dominance? It's super strange. Beta fish. Yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> strange. Um, so the team form a successful plan uh, to kill the hatchling uh, by funneling them into a certain place using cold temperatures because they hate the cold uh, from the ship's environment controls. But not before a hammer is infected. With a big load of like acid cum. Oh yeah, he's infected <laughs> so, all right. <laughs> he, he's mm-hmm. he's impregnated basically with the uh, with the Gorn. Um, Hell yeah, uh, mm-hmm. that's someone's he, dream. <laughs> yeah, right. And this is why this is why pro choice is important, guys. It's like, what do you what do you, what happens? Yeah, this is this is damn. like Gorn. by by virtue of that, this is like probably the most woke episode, you know. It it is actually because like I mean he Hemmer, makes Hemmer, the ultimate pro choice at the end. Yeah, Hemmer Hemmer gives himself an abortion at the end. <laughs> he <laughs> he <does>. his life, <laughs> yeah, like a very late term abortion. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So uh, Hemmer encourages Ahura to remain in Starfleet before throwing himself from the ship so he will die in the cold along with the Gorn inside him. <coughs> and this is actually a very touching <coughs> scene. I really like the shit out of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was very, I, I definitely cried first time I watched this. I think this is the first time the show made me cry. <laughs> Interesting. It's like shit. What else have you damn. cried at, Britt? Every time I masturbate. Oh, yeah. So, that, I don't that, know. It's pretty course, often, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I feel that's a different kind of The only movie I think that has made me cry. Okay, two movies have made me cry in my life. Uh, Those two movies are Mr. Holland's Opus and uh, what the fuck is that other movie? Uh, I lost it. It fell out of my brain. So Mr. Holland's Opus is number two as well. Nice. Adaptation has made made me cry when uh, Nicolas Cage was acting against himself. Mm. That that the the brother scene at the yeah, end when that's a beautiful when his, oh, when that's, his brother's dying. That's a really scene. good one. That's a really good one. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna yeah. say the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Oh, I, I was yeah. gonna yeah. say yeah. If you didn't die when the old man died in Shawshank Redemption, you're a I monster. definitely but died. I still think you're probably died, a monster, yeah. Spencer. Just yeah. less so. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so I love this episode, even though it was Alien 1, Aliens, and Alien Cubed all put together into one plot. You know, if you're going to steal, steal from the best. And those are three of the best sci-fi horror films. And honestly, I really like Trek doing sci-fi horror. They did it once really well in, I think, the beginning of Discovery Season 2, I want to say, when they had the water bear or whatever. Yeah. Uh, That was really good. And this was great sci-fi horror. Like, they had great tension. Yeah, it was very well uh, shot. It was beautiful. mm -hmm. Like, looked really (coughs) nice. Yeah. Uh, They they had the little girl from Alien. Yeah, Newt. They mostly come at night. Mostly. Thank you. Uh Um yeah, they, they had uh, basically her, uh, and you know, they... They, they had Hudson, and Leon was Ripley. Uh, Hemmer killed himself like Ripley did, does mm-hmm. at the end of Cubed. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the politics of this episode, however, not great. I mean, not not like the politics of Aliens, which we all know James Cameron has some of the best politics <laughs> of any filmmaker ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, this didn't have quite that. This was definitely more like wartime survival type stuff, which is fine. And it, it you know, had basically the same politics as uh, Memento Mori mm-hmm. uh, in that, like, you know, you just got to survive. And also, hey, they given they are very racist towards the Gorn. Like, they're very racist and they're just like, hey, the Gorn only want to kill us. We can't, like, talk to them. And, like, it's funny because remember when they first learned how the Gorn communicate through the light? They didn't try to communicate with the Gorn. They just used it as a trick to get them to kill each other. Yeah. First and foremost, they have never tried to actually communicate with mm-hmm. the Gorn. Even though they know how they communicate ship to ship now, they're not they're not willing to do it because Laon is a racist. Yeah. And is <laughs> insisting that they can't be reasoned with. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I I want I want like it'd be so great if like eventually they do contact the Gorn and they're like, Oh, we're so sorry we attacked you. Like yeah. You were in our space, and like we've been at war. We thought you were an enemy vessel, and like there's a great explanation for everything. And the Gorn are actually totally reasonable dudes. Huh? We did an oopsie. <laughs> uh, we did a racism again. <laughs> we did a colonialist. Ooh. Yeah, because like what is what what happens to the Gorn? What's the ultimate fate of them? I don't. I don't think we know. Oh, they start Gorn Hub and just make money off <laughs> that. Just sell it to the Ferengi. Sell a bunch of Umox porn to the Ferengi. Yeah, I wonder if it's like how we deal with like invasive spe- species in in America. You know, how we like the screw fly doesn't exist in yeah. the United States anymore. It's like 
Oh yeah, I mean they're they're probably I, I imagine they're eventually going to do like a uh, you know create a virus for them and wipe out their entire species or something super racist like that, Ooh, super yeah. eugenicist. Yeah, they're going to do genophage. their own eugenics war. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's do it. Anyway, and then we actually talked against that, and when they were going to do that to the Borg, that's right, true. They did because right. they teamed yeah. up with the Borg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I guess like, but you know, it's a simpler time, ninety odd years ago. So sure. <laughs> Um, episode twin, uh, twin, twin. <laughs> episode 10, uh, final episode of the season, a quality of mercy uh-huh. written by Henry Alonzo Myers, who's best known as the showrunner for the magicians and co-showrunner for the show and Akiva Goldsman, best known for Batman forever, Batman, Robin, <laughs> the Da Vinci code of the film and angels and demons. Yeah. Those are the things he's best known for. <laughs> Those are the things I best know. Those are the things I jerk off to that he's made. So. Yeah. That's so funny that he did like, yeah, the Batman movies and then the Da Vinci Code, which is just boring. When was the last I mean, time you watched he's, it? He's, I, I watched it recently and yes, it is boring. Yeah. <laughs> sucks. yeah. I mean, I, I do like a lot of that stuff that it covers because that is kind of like like interesting sort of like biblical history type stuff. Yeah. Ish. But, yeah. but yeah, the Da Vinci Code is, yeah, it's like, oh my God, I don't care. <laughs> uh, this episode was also directed by Chris Fisher, who has directed episodes of Person of Interest as well as The Magicians. So probably put put in here by Henry Alonzo Myers, who was the showrunner for The Magicians. So when the Enterprise and the USS Cayuga provide supplies to an outpost. Cayuga! Cayuga! <laughs> 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 That's what you were doing when you saw Uhura's tits in the last episode. Yeah, you know? yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. My fucking tongue rolled down on the floor and like my eyes went boy. <laughs> then you took out a mallet and started hitting yourself in the head with uh-huh. it. While I was coming. <laughs> it's the only way I can get off. <laughs> I can't believe I watched that episode with you and you did that. Yeah, I know. It's a it lot. It was uncomfortable for the both of us, all right? So uh, when they're providing supplies to an outpost by the Romulan neutral zone, uh, Pike accidentally meets one of the cadets that he will sacrifice himself for in the future and decides to send a letter of warning to him and the other cadet to prevent them from, uh, to prevent the accident from happening. Pike is visited by an older version of himself from a future where the accident does not happen who shows Pike the consequences of decision seven years in the future using a time crystal uh, from Klingon monks. The Enterprise sees a Romulan bird of prey starship destroy the outpost. They track it with the support of the USS Farragut and Captain James T. Kirk. So we get a reintroduction of this Kirk. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. particularly like him so far. He's fine, mm-hmm. but he's not good. Yeah. Like, he's, not, he's not like... I'm not down with with yeah. Kirk. Yeah, when I first saw like Chris Pine in the 2009 film, I was like, fuck, "That dude's Kirk." Yeah, you were like, "Fuck uh, yeah, this guy, but this dude, not no. quite Kirk." Yeah, he, yeah, he seemed like a completely different character, which I can understand. But he he seems. I mean, he's. Uh, so the episode of TOS that this is based on, uh, Balance of Terror. He plays kind of a decent approximation of Kirk in that episode, but. Mm-hmm. Kirk is kind of uncharacteristic and a lot more militaristic in that episode. Yeah. And so, I don't know. They're they're kind of, I think, going with a different type of Kirk that we saw a little bit of in TOS, but not really. Mm-hmm. And the thing that really bothers me is 
he completely lacks any bit of charm that any of the previous yeah. Kirks have had. He's not a charming guy. Like every time him and Pike are in a room together, uh, Pike sucks all the air out of the room because he's like way more interesting and charming. Yeah, see, that, that's the thing for me. And that was my biggest criticism of, of his performance mm-hmm. is just that he's not very mm-hmm. charming. Like he, the yeah. dude playing Sam Kirk is like charming enough. Like I feel like they're they should switch yeah. those dudes. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, just yeah. switch those and dudes just put, around. Put a mustache on the yeah. other guy. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah, like just switch them next season and don't even acknowledge it. Just be like, oh, yeah. it was always like this. There you go, <laughs> dude. It's so funny. People on uh people on the internet have been talking about that dude a lot. They've been calling him uh, <laughs> Jim T. Carey. <laughs> because <laughs> he does he kind of yeah, looks like jim carrey which is a little bit, pretty yeah. funny um he does but yeah that's great so um they track the romulans uh with the support of uh, captain james t kirk who suggests a more aggressive approach in attacking immediately but pike insists upon negotiating the romulan commander agrees to a ceasefire but his sub commander summons an armada of romulan warships that damage the enterprise severely injuring spock and declare war on the Federation. In his own time, Pike accepts that his fate is necessary to save Spock and prevent the war. His peace is interrupted by Captain Battelle of the Koyoga, who boards the Enterprise and arrests Una for being a genetically altered <coughs> Illyrian. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's it. That's the whole season. What do you think of this episode? This is my favorite episode of the season. It's really good. Me as well. I loved this it's episode. Really this episode was so fucking good. It was, I, and I watched Balance of Terror right after it because I'm like, I mm-hmm. feel like this is. And then I was yeah, like, same. that, okay. I, I see exactly all the beats that they took, mm-hmm. all the lines that they took, and they inserted everything perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's refresh. I liked how, especially after, you know, season two of Picard, how they dealt with time travel consequences mm-hmm. and show how, show the butterfly effect of those consequences. Yeah. And how and, and how it can make it irre- make damage to the rest of the time stream and mm-hmm. and also I love how and it harkens back to you know something that Picard said you know how you can you can do everything correct but still but still fail mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I feel Pike's approach was his own and he didn't do anything wrong but it still had 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 uh, catastrophic consequences for that for everybody. Mm-hmm. Because he just had happened to have a different approach to it than Kirk. Did. Yeah, this episode works and, for like so many ways, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. the the time travel consequences done really well. Like the the moral dilemma of like I need to come to terms with sacrificing mm-hmm. myself for the betterment of everyone. It's it's like his own trolley problem episode. It's another trolley problem yep. episode, basically. Like he finds a way to save himself, but at the cost of other people. He has to come to terms with mm-hmm. the fact that like he's not that person. And like the thing that makes this episode work so well for me is just like the the tone and the pacing are just absolutely killer. But like the mm-hmm. fact that it is a Pike episode and it just focuses around him and his story for the whole mm-hmm. and it's a long episode too. It's one of the longest episodes of the season. It's like a full yeah, ass like hour a long. Seventy minutes. Yeah. 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 Or, or, or actually longer than an hour. Yeah. It's like straight up seventy yeah, minutes. It's almost yeah. seventy minutes. Yeah. Which is crazy. And, and it didn't feel like it either. Yeah, and it's yeah. just so tight and it's so like it just moves so fast and it's so good. Like mm-hmm. I, it's truly like the pinnacle of the season. Like it's great. Yeah. And also I'd say the best episode of new Trek. Oh, absolutely. hundred yeah. percent. Like the best yeah. episode of new oh, Trek, yeah. the best like thing they have done with star Trek. I think, I feel like since mm-hmm. star Trek beyond and I will stand star Trek beyond. I think it's all right. 
Wait, Star Trek I, Beyond Me? I really like Beyond too. Yeah, I thought Beyond was fun. Uh, it's it's, yeah. it's inconsequential and and inoffensive. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Um, I think this is the best thing with the the Trek branding on it since then, probably. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. so fellas, let's rate the showrunners, Henry oh. Alonzo Meyer, and Akiva Goldsman. Okay. Uh, let's give them a letter grade, A to F. How do you think they did this season? I would, are we, are we, okay. I would say B minus. B minus. Okay. Uh, what's your reason? My reasoning is that there are episodes in here that I don't super like. Uh, the episodes that I do like are not always consistent. Like I like the episode Spock Muck, but there are legitimate <coughs> things that I don't like in that episode, right? Like I don't like the okay. Lubega fishing. I don't like <laughs> the, you know, the, the Enterprise bingo. So, I feel like, and that being said, like I can't expect the show to be everything I want it to be. So I'm not. I'm not that's, right. a, that's not. It's not going to be DS9. Right. They don't I'm, write shows. I'm like not that expecting anymore. that. But that being said, like I do feel like there are choices made that I don't feel like are for the best of the show. Um, there are things that that could be tightened up. Things that could be better. That being said, the things that are good when it does hit, when it is firing on all cylinders, I feel like it, it is solid. It is good. Um, especially like that last episode. The last episode is fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. but like, but we also have like episode eight, so <laughs> we do. I don't know. Uh, but it may, a bit of a mixed bag, but overall positive, yeah. Yeah. Uh, how about you, Pat? What's your rating? What's your grade? I would say a minus. A minus. Nice. Interesting. What's your reason? Um, well, it definitely made me stop hate watching. Yeah, yeah. I'll give it that. Yeah. Yeah, because I by season two of Picard and um was was it season four of Discovery? Discovery like I gave up midway through uh, season four of Discovery mm-hmm. because I was watching and I wasn't enjoying it and obviously I did not enjoy. <laughs> uh, so, sorry to interrupt. Can we all agree that Picard season two is an F? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, yeah. is there a lower? Yeah. No, it's a G. Failed. I, I'm I'm rating a G. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, G. It's it's a it's a, it's G, a G straight up. <laughs> it's your G spot because it makes it come so much, Spencer. <laughs> no, yeah, because like everything that they did that that they did with Picard, they completely redeemed themselves with Strange New Worlds. I'd, I'd say most. I'd say mostly redeemed themselves. Redeemed yeah, themselves. Still, yeah, it still yeah. wasn't as good as Picard was bad. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> yeah. the thing, and that's that's why I give him a B minus. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's not a, yeah. because he, yeah. yeah, Akiva Goldsman was the showrunner of mm-hmm. fucking uh, you know Picard season two. Yeah, so. and that's why I don't understand why he what what that I want to see the decision making be, behind Picard season two and then like how it changed for Strange New Worlds. Yeah, because clearly they got one new showrunner. They, clearly, they got people there that are like are like, hey, I mm-hmm. know what people want out of this show like we can do it mm-hmm. now clearly like yeah. it's like you know a uh, kind of democratic type of situation there and then to hierarchical mm-hmm. so it means like not all the good ideas got to the top but like mm-hmm. definitely some good ideas did get in there and they're like okay we're oh, yeah. really gonna focus on these good ideas and they did mm-hmm. um there are really strong episodes there uh my favorite my top you want to do top three episodes uh, we'll do that when we do okay, the ranking. Let's the, get, uh, get the into the ranking worst. after after your yeah. after you, Britt. What do you got? What do you rank? Uh, I, I kind of got a, um, uh, yeah. So actually, uh, do you want to send yours to me real quick so I can actually tabulate? And in the meantime, uh, yeah, just yeah, tech, both of you text your list to me if you wouldn't mind. Okay. 
In the meantime, we'll talk about this little thing I found on the internet that I find super fun. So uh, on uh, Reddit, r slash Risa, uh, a user named Morgok, please, uh, posted something saying, using entirely objective criteria set out by the show itself, I have determined that Strange New World Season 1 has earned a failing grade of 47%. <laughs> and their criteria was, first and foremost, is there a world in the episode? Mm -hmm. And if so, is it new? And is it strange? Mm -hmm. So first episode, Strange New Worlds. Yes, there's a world. No, it is not. Uh, Kylie279. Yes, it's strange enough. And it is new. Okay. Um, so we got three out of three for that one. Episode two, Children of the Common. Uh, yes, we have a new world. It's Persephone 3. Persephone 3. Sorry, Persephone 3. But it's not that strange. Not, that strange. not, not particularly strange. Um, so only two out of three on that. So we got five so far. After that, Ghost of Illyria. Yes, we do have a strange new world, and it is Hedimit 9. So three out of three on that guy. So we're eight. Next, Momentum Marie. We do have Finibus 3, but it's not a new world. We've seen it before, and it's not strange. We get a one. So we're to nine now? Nine. Next, we have Spock Amuck, where they're on a space station. No strange, no new, no world. We go to Vulcan. And yeah, just all places we've gone before. Zero. Uh, lift us where suffering cannot reach. Strange we new world. <laughs> Majalis. Yeah. Strange Hell new yeah. and world. Hell perfect. Yeah. And also we do have that class L planet. They don't go to it, but no. maybe, maybe we could count that, but three out of three. So we're at 12. Uh, the serene squall all in space. Zero. Mm -hmm. uh, the Elysian kingdom all on the ship zero. with a nebula. Zero again. But it's a fantasy world, so that's a strange new world. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Go fuck yourself, Pat. You're wrong. <laughs> uh, technically, I think I'm correct. Uh, so we're we're 12 here still. Uh, episode 9, All Who Wander, uh, we get Valio Beta 5, which is a new world. Is it strange? Maybe. It's just like an ice planet. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's a 50-50 for me. I'm going to say no, but mm -hmm. it could be. So, and then Quality of Mercy, last episode, takes place in space. No, and, no uh, strange, so no, no new. No, no strange, world. no new, no world. Yeah. So, the full season altogether gets a 14, if we're being generous, a 15 out of 30. Wow. 47 to 50%. Not enough strange new worlds in the show. Agreed. Kind of sucks. You know what I actually, inter how I interpreted the... Um, uh, the title mm -hmm. is I figured it was go eventually going to lead into Pike's time with the Telusians, you know, where he's doing, you know, cause like he goes and he has his body back and sort of, so he's kind of takes like right. sort of like mind, mind adventures into other realities or something like that. That's how I was interpreting the title and maybe that they'll eventually do that. Mm -hmm. Fair. Like, okay. I could see that. Yeah. 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 That makes some sense. Because I was like, like oh, are they going to do strange new worlds in the past? But, you know, mm -hmm. never know. <laughs> All right, fellas. Now that we have uh, talked about the entire season and given our opinions on everything, mm -hmm. let's go through our top ten list as voted by the three of us. Are we ready? All yeah. right. Start, starting All from right. the bottom? Starting from the bottom, now we hear. Cool. So, in very last place, 
Children of the Comet. Interesting. Episode uh, two, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did how did you figure this out? Uh, so basically, uh, we did a one to ten list, right? Mm-hmm. And I awarded our top choice uh, ten points, and then in descending order, down to one point for our last choice. Mm. Okay. And I tallied everything. Oh, so up. this is like all of ours together. Yeah, yeah. This is all of ours together. So this Ooh. is our definitive list. I think I, I think you I'm, fucked up the list. Like me and Spencer list. had basically the same list, and you <laughs> fucked it up, Pat. <laughs> Um, so very last one is going to be episode two, Children of the Comet, Interesting. With, s- okay. with seven points, not not our favorite. Okay. Well, after that, number nine is going to be the third, or sorry, uh, second episode, uh, Ghosts of Illyria. It's the third episode. Oh yeah, sorry, the third episode, mm-hmm. Ghosts of Illyria. Yeah, I'm um, not a huge fan of that episode. It's fine. It was it was fine. I just didn't I think really we all, like what we was all happening just on the planet. It low, you know, I was like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. It just wasn't that remarkable. I yeah. think. Uh, the writing wasn't super tight. It wasn't super engaging. It was fine. I, being that uh, Children of the Comet is the last ranked one, I, I think I must have ranked it higher than most <laughs> because, like, I don't know. I feel like I no, didn't... it was it was it was uh it was Pat who put it up. Oh, okay, because I didn't hate yeah, that you, episode. You put, I thought it, it was fine. you put it you put it at third lowest, uh, and I think I yeah. put it about there too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I put also put it at third lowest. Um, yeah, our our things are like almost exactly the same it's super wait weird. really that's interesting. yeah it's, it's very close i'll send you mine after okay. but yeah they're, they're very similar at least the first four episodes are the exact same uh the only one that's out of order is spock Amuck and another one anyway nice. uh so after that uh taking up eighth place and we can thank fucking pat for this <laughs> the elysian kingdom which which both of us put as our least favorite, but you put as like number four or five. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. you love a wild card. You love somebody I, I, getting in there. <laughs> wild card, baby. Yeah. You yeah. fucked it all up, man. Getting all up in all the up. skunk works, messing <laughs> things up. <laughs> love it. Uh, after that, um, number seven for all of us was the first episode, Strange New Worlds, which was fine, hmm. but like, yeah. you know, not super remarkable. It was still getting its footing, I think. Mm-hmm. It was it was fine. Um, after that, number six, we've actually got a tie between three episodes. So mm-hmm. I guess for fourth place, we have a, a three way tie between Spock Amuck. Wait, momentum. Did you yeah? just skip a bunch? I thought we were at six. Were you listening at all? We have a three way tie for fourth place. I don't understand what that means. I'm confused. So there are three that all have the same amount of points. So there is no sixth place and there is no fifth place. Okay. There's three that are tied for fourth place. Okay. Right? So I, I'm uh, that's going to be Spock Amuck, Momentum Mori, and the Serene Squall, all with 18 points. Mm. We all okay. kind of rated those all kind of over the place. Uh, mm-hmm. Both me and Spencer rated Spock Amuck pretty high. You rated it kind of lowish, surprisingly. Mm. Um. But yeah, we we also oh, Spock Amuck. Yeah, Spock Amuck. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, which is interesting. What did was there anything in particular you didn't like about it, or did you just like other episodes more? I mean, or were you trying to be a contrarian to put fucking <laughs> the Elysian Kingdom as high as possible? You son of a bitch. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Like for me, I liked all the episodes. Okay. So it was hard for me to rate them very well. 
Like, yeah, that was kind of yeah. I, I was struggling yeah. with that a little bit too. I actually didn't mean to rate Spock and Muck as high as I did. I was just looking mm-hmm. at my list. I was like, eh, yeah, I actually did because I I, I put, put it at number lower, three. But, you put it at number four. Um, yeah, I don't know how I ended up with that. It was that, really good. But, I thought it was really good. I yeah, thought the writing good, was tight, but, and I liked how they played. That was like the first time they really did fan service in mm-hmm. in a real way. I think and like actually played with concepts from a previous episode, yeah. and I liked that a lot. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I said, I think when we were going over it, I really liked it a lot. I think, I think, yeah, the only thing was just like the the comedy parts mm-hmm. of it, where yeah, the comedy wasn't as strong. Where I would have probably liked better timing between like when uh, Una and uh, Leon were having their wacky ad- and misadventures. It could have just been could have. Yeah, yeah, I get mm-hmm. that. All right, and so are we ready for the top three, everybody? Yeah, top three. Right. Let's do it. Number three. Penultimate episode, All Those Who Wander. 21 mm-hmm. points. Okay. Uh, we all rated it pretty high. We all liked yeah. it. It was a good episode. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, 27 points. Lift us where suffering cannot reach. Agreed. I think we can all agree mm-hmm. that was a great episode. Was a really all episode. of us uh, rated it three or higher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Moral conundrum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really good. Which I think uh, speaks to like... We we like the the morality tale. We like the you we know do. we like the ethical conundrum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that's really good. great. But but uh, your favorite episode, Spencer, and my favorite episode, and your second favorite episode was the finale, Equality of Mercy, which is yeah. our number one. Yeah, as it so should. Congratulations. Be. It yeah, it's a really good be. episode. Yeah. Yeah that, yeah, that episode slaps. Yeah, and I, I definitely agree with, like, you know, the top three here makes sense to me, for mm-hmm. sure. Those were all incredibly tight episodes. Mm-hmm. Spock and Muck, I think, was really tight, too, as mm-hmm. with Memento Mori. Don't know how the Serene Squall got so high up there. <laughs> Patrick Hoey. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, it was, uh, you know, um, I don't think, you know, except for you, we didn't have a hard time picking the yeah. worst or the best episode. Yeah, I guess I will change it. No, I you think. won't. You you have to commit to this. This is your life <laughs> no, now, Pat. Because the more I think about it, yeah, it's like because one thing I love most about like the Star Trek captains is their dedication to duty and duty duty and choosing and choosing the the the, the best path and that's and which that's, is the brown path. <laughs> and that's what and that's what that's what Pike ultimately decides to do. He knows he has to sacrifice himself and others for the greater good. And take the Hershey highway. Take the Hershey highway. That's, that's what you do. I mean, I think Pike gets pegged. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Cool. You think he <laughs> listens to peg by Steely Dan? Definitely. Probably. Yeah. He's definitely a Steely Dan guy. He's like got the fireplace and the whiskey. Yeah. You know, he's got all of Dan on vinyl. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so so that was that. Uh, do are we going to be doing uh, subspace transmissions this week? Yes, we are. Cool. But before uh, that, uh-huh. we've got to <laughs> oh do right. our Klingon word of the day. All right, so today's Klingon word of the day is rope-ah, and it is a noun, which means plague. Some might call the 
COVID-19 pandemic. No. A rope. Oh. <laughs> oh, this Fauci with his facts and science trying to... The, the plan rope. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so with that, I think it's time for us to go into subspace transmissions. Subspace transmissions. Subspace transmissions. Subspace emissions. Hi. <laughs> Hello. This is the Hello. part of the show where we look at the internet and laugh at the idiots that are out there. Ah ha 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 ha. Yes, anyways, we've got a selection of things to take a look at here. Um, what we're looking at exactly is I've pulled a lot specifically from uh, IMDb reviews and Rotten Tomatoes reviews. Yeah, you got some paragraphs. Some paragraphs. Are... So because we've been at this for so long, we're, we're definitely not going to read all of these. But there there are some here that are pretty damn good. Uh, mm -hmm. So PDG. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll take a look. Okay, so... Uh, you, uh, sorry, uh, IMDb user Dirt Pie says, uh, on May 8th of 2022, so like really early on, um, they say, That's when you cream pie someone and rub dirt in it. <laughs> exactly. One out of 10. Have the writers ever heard of a Vulcan? Writing the legendary Spock as ignorant, slow, weak, and submissive, I can overlook the artistic castration of human males, but Vulcan males? Even with half-human Vulcan males, that's going too far. I couldn't care less about political ideology. I watch to be entertained and escape the reality either side imagines and ignores in their messaging. Please, enough already ingrained or not there is no reality where continuity and history don't matter at least have the cojones to remain true to the story <laughs> okay <laughs> pretty good right yeah we love the artistic castration artistic of human ca castration of human males is my favorite part <laughs> i always it's feel these people are really going through things where it's, it's like some sort of like sexual inadequacy yeah where <laughs> this guy's got small balls and he's yeah. like i need i need someone to relate to representation matters he definitely has small balls like for I sure need spock to be nice and turgid <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I need him to have a little scrote <laughs> yes exactly speaking of a little scrote uh okay <laughs> um okay Let's do this here. So, oh, oops. Uh, sorry, one second here. Speaking of scrote, I'm going to actually move on a little bit here. Uh, Still Night 38709 <laughs> says, one out of 10, a mockery of the intellect. <laughs> so this, this, this is this is written like Donald Trump wrote this. Um, so <laughs> this review says, one out of 10, June 8th, 2022. Very bad. Very stupid. Very unpleasant characters with a repulsive appearance, <laughs> empty dialogue, repetitive and unfunny jokes, predictably formulaic gameplay, gameplay, <laughs> too little sci-fi and too much agenda. 
Sad. 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 <laughs> Thanks, Kanye. Very bad. Very bad. Very bad. Love it. Love it. Very good. Okay. Thanks, Akiva um, Goldsman. Very cool. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, okay. So, two out of ten. Strange new wokery. <laughs> Essex writer writes this review, July 13th, 2022. Well, I gave it a try. This is just awful. Woke and beyond bad. The storylines are just dreadful. Ethan Peck's Spock is a travesty along with the <laughs> ears. What? <laughs> The original was far better, even with the bridge and cheap scenery. This is just CGI gone mad. The Enterprise is about the only thing in it that isn't wooden, and that's a CGI image. The ridiculous references to the real Star Trek have been thrown in to make up believe that we're... Sorry. To make up believe we're watching something of a prequel. Well, we are not. This is a, not a reimagining. It's not a prequel. It's a lackluster, awful pilot drivel. Why don't the writers just replace any white male with an ethically diverse female or trans? At least there would be some honesty there. <laughs> What? I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't it, know. But, 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 but he says it's not a reimagining or a prequel, but it's both? Yeah. It's definitely both. It's definitely That's what they wanted it to be, and I'm fine with that. Like, they hit the mark for yeah. both of those things. And for me, the CGI, I feel, blends seamlessly. It's tasteful. It's yeah, great, yeah. Pretty good. actually. I, I yeah. love the CGI yeah. in this. Like, yeah. it's not mm -hmm. overdone. It doesn't mm -hmm. rely on the CGI. It nope. uses it as a storytelling tool, mm -hmm. and it does so very well. Yeah, right? maybe, like, some phaser blasts in Honestly, there and then the space scenes obviously but so, like that's so besides like the acting of the main like crew i'd say the cgi <coughs> is one of the strongest things about mm -hmm. the season yeah that's that's why when you were talking about the emmy nods like mm -hmm. i was just like seriously stranger worlds didn't get right? any of those yeah. like and picard did like right? picard was yeah. all like terrestrial and like they only had like one alien in the entire thing and it, and it all took place on earth yeah and yeah, it was boring as fuck. <laughs> yeah, unless you count Gerardi as an alien now, but she's not. So, no. or if you count Will Wheaton as an alien now, but, <laughs> but he I just, just wish he was an alien because he got deported from the United States, <laughs> which is a very different thing. <laughs> okay, wow. Okay, speaking of which, moving on. Uh, two out of ten. This uh, no no Momir says worst Star Trek ever. July seventh, twenty twenty two. I watched with a very big disappointment that new series. I can say <laughs> that this is worst Star Trek series ever made and also Doctor? Really? <laughs> Who is choosing that cast? It's it s a disaster completely starting from story, cast, and etc. Uh, hey Siri, also Doctor? Also <laughs> Doctor? <laughs> How girl get pregnant? <laughs> exactly. Damn it. <laughs> How is Babby formed? How is Babby formed? Yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, so that's that's what we're dealing with there. Oh, whoops. Okay, that's what we're dealing with there. Um, moving on. Two out of ten. Can't they get it right? Swang Quen says June eighth, liberal. Watched with high hopes. I liked the opening CGI's of the Enterprise and the music, but what a letdown when the episodes <coughs> start. We have a colon 
Weak Captain Pike. No authority or leadership. Spock asking Nurse Chapel for advice as a friend? Are you kidding me? No security to be seen. Parentheses, red shirts. I'm a woman and I think there are too many women on the bridge. It's overkill to make a point and it's so obvious and distracting. So this is a self-hating woman. <laughs> there, there was a few of these. I, I saw several reviews where they were like, I'm a woman and I think there's too many women. Spoiler like, alert, they weren't women. Yeah, I know. <laughs> there's, that's not well, a no, spoiler. They, they, it's they play women in the comments section, all just, right? Just like that one guy uh, you see on Twitter where, where he forgot to switch to an alt, and he's just like, as a gay black man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the politician. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was literally yeah. A, an elected politician did that. That's, I yeah. mean, if, if, if you, hmm, how do I put this? Uh, are you in a way trans if you're a woman on the internet and a cis male in real life? <laughs> Mm. Uh, I feel like there's a difference between like posting sincerely and then just like posting to try to win some sort of ideological I mean, argument. I, yeah. Like, but what know, if they believe to... on the inside, like when they're on the, the internet that they are a woman <laughs> and then they log out and they're like, nope, that's like a weird type of gender fluid, I guess. Yeah. But also it's like, I, I'd like, like chapel as or Spock asking chapel for advice. It's like, that's all that's they did. Friend? That's all. That's all they've done on Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, they always right? like. They always talk to People each other. People asking for advice. Yeah. Spe- they, they, yeah. They have relationships. They. Yeah. They have friendships. Speaking like- of being mad about women, though. <laughs> uh oh. <clears throat> three out of ten. <laughs> Burnham Michael gives Star Trek: Strange New oh, Worlds wow. three out of ten in July eighth, twenty twenty two. Title: <laughs> too, many. too many women in positions of. Power. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's how I feel, feel about the U.S. government, guys. <laughs> uh, and they say, I believe the headline says enough. It was very corny and pushing the narrative that women are somehow as good or better than men at being leaders, which is simply not true and has never been true in the history of mankind. All in all, good show, but Star Trek franchise needs to be better than this. <laughs> Wait, their their name is an homage to a woman leader in Discovery, mm-hmm. yeah. Michael Burnham. What's going on here? <laughs> uh, according to this Very this odd. user, though, uh, women have never been as good or better than men in the history of humankind. I mean, yeah, I mean, they'd rather be shopping. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> and having periods. I don't condone this. What, having periods? That's not okay with you? I believe the headline. I feel like you're anti-woman. <laughs> you're again shopping or having periods. Like, But th- doesn't it seem like there's some sort of, like, weird regression? Yeah. Like, with, with like, people's beliefs where it's just, like... Definitely. Sun- suddenly it's, like... suddenly it's like this anti (laughs) yeah i mean i feel like they were like maybe like uh on like the bernie train or something and then like fucking you know debbie wasterman schultz and hillary clinton (laughs) happened and they're like these women in power (laughs) like like, what they have like a return to puritanism like Mm -hmm. you know and 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 this and then suddenly now it's like the idea of a woman being in power is so beyond the pale it's like it doesn't (laughs) make any fucking sense but i i also think like all the commenters on an in a movie database are just like <laughs> the ultimate neckbeards. Like, yeah, the ultimate yeah, neck. Yeah, every, just everyone on der- here wants a trad wife. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's completely deranged goblins, and they can't see. Like, well, like, yeah, they 
crave the trad wife, but they won't do anything. Yeah. No. So speaking they're, they're, they're of post. women, let's let's keep going here. Uh, <laughs> Steve <laughs> Lomas two seven six eight five says three out of ten. Here we woke Here we again. Woke again. <laughs> <laughs> and then says, so I'm guessing the white man is oh, a thing Lord. of the past. I'm Please. guessing that because they had to make Pike a white guy, they made sure they filled the rest of the cast with women. There's like a really awkward comma there. Literally, the two main characters in the show, Spock and Pike, <coughs> around like which most every other episode revolves, are white men. Mm-hmm. And then you have Umbenga, which has an episode and a half to himself, a man. Like what? What? It also, what does it matter? <laughs> mm-hmm. They're all just characters. Are you are, are you going to complain that like basically everyone except for one person on the original TOS was a man? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like these kind of comments are just completely disposable. It's just like you're not saying anything. Yeah, no. <laughs> actually, actually, of real criticism. Yeah. Speaking it's of like... not saying anything, <laughs> th- uh, Trotter Stales gave Strange New Worlds three out of ten and titled their review "Strange New Ball Breakers." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's cut off. For I've you. met a couple of those on Bumble. God, recently. all these guys just hate their wives. Yes. <laughs> uh, oh, the- strange new bitch wife. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to read their entire you know what Do it. I'll I'll read the entire review I so wanted to love this disappointment doesn't begin to cover it I give it three stars and there for Anson Mount mostly for when he's riding his horse through the snow in episode one I get the woke iness of having more women to tick a box but do they have to either be obnoxious ball breaker types or a bit of eye candy? Parentheses, I'm female. (laughs) Spock is very nice, thank you, but simply not Spock. And don't get me started on him and Cadet Ohura. They spelled Ohura wrong. Could have been marvelous, but turned out Mickey Mouse. Really? I don't know what that means. I don't feel it was Mickey Mouse at no. all. It wasn't very Disney. Like There were some moments that were a little too Disney and Joss Whedon, but we covered those. Those are the soy moments that I yeah. really dislike. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And they, they are actually fairly few and far between in the season. Yeah. We only get a couple of them per episode at most. There's like two or three episodes where there are like straight up no soy moments, which is great. Uh-huh. And I call those episodes out. Like Momentum Mori, zero soy moments, uh-huh. I think. But it's also odd that all these people like choose to focus on female cast and that's one thing that star trek has always been known for was like having a fairly diverse cast yeah very diverse cast Mm -hmm. and like and and suddenly like these people having issues with it like makes me believe that they're not actually fans of star trek (laughs) and just and just like just just these weird culture warriors who Mm -hmm. have to like go from have nothing else going in their lives and have to move from property to property Mm -hmm. (laughs) and just Besides Lower Decks, I feel like this is the first uh, fucking bridge crew in any of Star Trek that is majority women. Yeah. And so it's an outlier, statistically, a huge mm-hmm. outlier, mm-hmm. you know, out of, uh, what, like 12 shows or whatever. And so, like, mm-hmm. why why are you starting to care now? Have you ever cared about too many men being on Star Trek? Because <laughs> I don't think there's anyone complaining on the internet about no. old Star Trek having way too many dudes. Yeah, well. Or, like, like no gay people or anything. Yeah. Like That's all the people that are just, like 
super racist and misogynistic and just oh that. yeah that's i mean that's really what it is <laughs> yeah. it's, it's people who are like believe that like all media is another battle in the culture wars yeah. or some shit and they yeah, can't culture just war like, stuff is so boring to me oh, yeah, it's, it's so terrible. fucking boring like it's it's so like and that's the thing is like I like uh, examining stuff like this because we can really get into the politics of stuff and like really like see that like, you know, there, there is some deep political stuff here and it's nothing that any of these people are complaining about. Yeah. You know, it's a a lot of, you know, stuff that's more to do with like class war and like breaking down hierarchies and stuff like that. But all of these people. Material conditions. Yeah. All of these people are trying to reinforce hierarchies by saying, hey, women shouldn't be in them. Yeah. Because that's exactly what the patriarchy wants you to think and say. And it's fucked up. Personally, I love all the women on Strange New Worlds. Yeah, they're they're all pretty great. Uh, (laughs) They they don't write Laon that well a lot of the time. Yeah, she's kind of like Worf. Yeah, and they, yeah, she, uh, uh, yeah, she is, and so is oh, Ortegas. Spencer went on. Yeah, we're, we're good. Oh, we can't sorry, see you sorry. anymore. Hang okay, tight, cool. Hang tight. And Ortegas is also a lot of times like really a little too aggro for no reason at all. Yeah. They also give Ortegas a lot of the really soy lines, which kind of sucks. Because mm-hmm. I, I like Ortegas. Yeah, and Michelle, I'm hoping uh, next season we get to see because she's the only one uh, who she didn't hasn't get had an episode. episode. Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah, she's the only one who didn't get one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm curious to see what they do with her story, or that it could just be. All next season, all Ortegas. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, but yeah, they're all great. I don't know. I think I think seriously, best best cast of New Trek. I I'd agree. I'd say one of the best casts of Trek. Period. So yeah. far. Mm-hmm. Um, like I would put it up there with DS Nine and TNG's cast. Yeah, same. like it's it's definitely better than Voyager's initial <laughs> cast. Yeah, like uh, you know, because you got like Neelix and like. Say what you will, like, Chakotay's a fine character, but Robert Beltran doesn't want to be there. Yeah. He is, for, and they for told, every and they, seven, se- each of the seven seasons, he is on TNG season one and miserable, basically. Yeah. And and they really, like, messed up the native stuff because of the guy who they hired. The, Are the you saying Tattoo had, wasn't uh, <laughs> authentic? Yeah, the <laughs> expert they hired, and so, like, the stuff was just... Yeah, they hired an Italian guy, but he was <laughs> yeah. full Native American, which is hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah, so he was done dirty by that, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised he wasn't like, <laughs> It's a me, Chakotay! <laughs> Just completely off page. Nice. Like, I'm making the native pizza for you. Yeah, these, this is a meal from my people we call spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> spaghetti in a meatball. <laughs> it's like the ne- nice puttanesque sauce. It's like, it's like a gawk, but made with a tomato. <laughs> Mamma mia! Huh? <laughs> and he just has like a, like a big curly mustache. <laughs> A big tattoo of a mustache. So I'm wearing my traditional headgear of an Italian pizza chef hat. <laughs> yes. Beautiful. Okay, we're only going to do one more, and this one's a really long one. I'm going to read all of it. This is just, this is half of it here. We've got another half of it left. It's it's really something. I think it's going to be worth Uh-oh. it. So we're going to do it, okay? Uh, I dig it. Rotten Tomatoes user Mr. A gave Strange New Worlds half a star out of five. On July 1st, 2022. Okay. Wow. Where to begin? None of the Star Trek before, after the original were perfect, but they did allow you to go back and enjoy what came before. I don't understand what that means. (laughs) This one, like all Kurtzman's feeble attempts, had the audacity to go back and change established Star Trek history. I would have respected it more if they moved forward and didn't involve Spock's family, 
changing his K-On or the canon of other established characters. Also, wish they spent less energy on effects and more on mirroring the actual sets, props, demeanors, and styles of the original. We need less thought about our current PC culture obsessions mm, and more on actual compelling storylines. The biggest sin of is. all yeah. is how they completely missed the point. There is enough dystopian-style sci-fi out there. Star Trek has always been hopeful about our future as a species. I'm yet to see any evidence of that in SNW or anything from this hack team, which seems hell-bent on destroying Gene Roddenberry's legacy. Now, here it is. Here's the humdinger. You guys ready? You're not ready for this. Uh-oh. Strapped in. Just as it is not appropriate to smear feces on a Picasso or a Van Gogh, neither should Kurtzman have ever been given the reins to do such damage to the Star Trek franchise so completely. Especially after failing so abysmally time and time again in each of his earlier iterations. Not only are the characters changed such as to be unrecognizable by their actions, but at least two are in whiteface, parentheses, Transporter Chief Kyle and Captain April, in a deliberate racist attack upon Caucasians, something which is never okay, no matter the race which is being maligned. <laughs> Star Trek was wow. always progressive, but the far progressivism of SNW reverses that entirely. In New Trek, they actually disinclude and discriminate against the many too far overrepresent the far exceeding few. That was confusing. <laughs> Unfortunately, it goes beyond the fight against discrimination beyond inclusion for all, to inclusion minus the qualifications, and inclusion of some very few to the deliberate exclusion of others, becoming the very epitome of the discrimination our original activism sought to prevent and defeat. Overall, I give the attempt half star. It is not nearly as bad as its predecessor, Star Trek Discovery, aptly initialed STD. But even when some things a 100 times better than the worst kind of excrement, it doesn't mean you're good. To the contrary, in this example. Wow. wow. Bravo. I think a, I think a better Bravo. title for that would have been uh, Star Trek Beyond Discrimination. <laughs> uh, also, they talk about, like, this person understands that these are fictional characters, and it's just like, because the, the, uh, they they said something about like erasing the the um uh the the white man's accomplishments. Great great replacement, mm -hmm. dude. Yeah, it's just like the but you're talking you're literally talking about a fictional character that has accomplished nothing. Yeah, <laughs> if you think about it, it's just like I I love that they say they claim that two characters are in white face. Yeah. yeah, like imagine really how mad he got when he saw the transporter chief was Asian. <laughs> He's like, "What the fuck!" Like he just beats his wife. Like I, I mean, I did hear how they they're mad that they they made um 
I, I other people have said that where it's like, oh, oh, they changed the race of Robert April. Yeah, dude, a lot of people were mad about that, and that's like the dumbest shit ever. That was a character that literally yeah. only appeared in the animated series. No yeah. one gives a shit about the no animated one, no series. One, yeah, they did not give a shit about that character until like some until some, he wasn't white. Yeah, and they're like, we lost one of her boys. <laughs> like, yeah. <what?"> <laughs> <laughs> Where like, we go one, we go all. Leave no one behind. Where we go white, we go all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's literally had more screen time and more episodes in Star Trek and Strange New Worlds than he did in TAS. So. Yep. Yeah. So and tech- no one likes TAS. No one cares. No one, nah, cares. No one gives a fuck. Like if, even like yeah, like the fucking cast doesn't care about TAS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yep. Yeah, yeah. These. Yeah. These. Like. I feel these people are best just screaming into the void with their dog shit opinions because it's like, who cares? Like. Okay. Yeah. That's what the internet is for. Is yeah. Like, as long as you're not like actively making threats and saying stuff like, "I want to kill the president," Ooh, which yeah. you're not allowed I'm, I to say. I love that you have that on recording now, Britt. That's so good. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. But you're, just, you're just telling us. As an example, mm-hmm. if I say something like, "I want to murder Joe Biden," yeah. As an example, yes. Um, I forgot my train of thought because I just was planning things in my head. <laughs> well, um, we're kicked off Twitch now. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm I'm kicked off uh, Freedom now. <laughs> yep. Uh, um. Well, anyways, that's all I got for subspace transmissions. I believe next it's time for a red shirt. Obituary. Will the awaiting pinch and somebody had to die? But thanks a lot. Time to beam up to the big red shirt in the sky. Today we remember Lieutenant Grant, a security officer who served under James T. Kirk on the USS Enterprise. Lieutenant Grant expired on Capellia 4 due to injuries sustained in an attack by the Capellians after reaching for his phaser at the site of a Klingon. So long, Lieutenant Grant. May you rest peacefully among the stars. May we take the lesson from your death, never to draw your phaser too quickly based on racist assumptions. Mm -hmm. ACAB, Lieutenant Grant. I hope you're listening, Internet Movie Database (laughs) message boards. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for your sacrifice to the greater good. Hell yeah. I guess. And that's it. That's the show. That's the show. We did uh, it. Hey, Pat, where can we find you on the internet? So can I ask a question? No. Depends. No. Uh, actually, well, that's what I'm wearing right now. Oh. Depends. <laughs> I just, but yes, you can ask a question. Uh, well, real quick, like, what are you guys looking forward to of season two? Oh, mm. that's a good question. So yeah. apparently it was uh, revealed that um, there's going to be some plot with the Klingons in Dr. Mbenga. Mm. It's like passed with the Klingons. So... I'm looking forward to them bringing back the very first Klingons that were in TOS with no forehead ridges. <laughs> they haven't announced what they'll look like yet, but that's what I'm hoping for. I can see that. I'm hoping for just like some dude in brown face, no forehead mm-hmm. ridges, looks like a Mongolian dude. You know, I'm all about that. Mm-hmm. Love love the first Klingons. The first peoples, if you will. Wow. <laughs> first peoples of Konos. <laughs> Land back. Yeah. And, uh, Spencer? <laughs> I, okay. All right. I just want more like ethical dilemmas. I want more morality tales. That's what I'm looking forward to. I just want to see more of that. That would be that would be nice. Um, I like the idea of seeing seeing Klingons, but here's the thing: like if I if I see Klingons, I want them to look like next gen Klingons. I want them to look like 
DS9 Klingons. That's what I want to see, but I don't yeah. think that's what I'm going to get. So I'm stealing myself for that, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most likely Discovery. Uh, I hope not. What uh, What are you looking forward to? Seeing? Um, well, I was actually like kind of looking online today because like I was wondering who they're going to replace Hemmer with, and I was I was hoping they weren't going to bring Scotty back yet because I wanted a new, a new character. Mm-hmm. Well, he was he was on like the last episode, or he we was, at least heard but him. But that was in the future. Yeah, that was in the future. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I guess like they are bringing in a new character to be the engineer okay not that's cool as long as it's yet. not scotty yeah because like i don't know like they don't need to and also yeah. like simon Pegg is such a good scotty <clears throat> that i don't want him replaced yeah. and i don't want them to like replace bones yet or anything. yeah same I, I like the new characters mm-hmm. and so i was looking forward to a new character and yeah i'm looking forward yeah yeah as he said ethical dilemmas mm-hmm. moral conundrums mm-hmm. like uh you know see what they do i hope they bring like you know Angel back, Captain Angel. That'd, that'd be, be cool. That would be cool. I would like to masturbate to them a little bit more. <laughs> cool. But yeah, I'm mean, like see some more Tagus episodes. But yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to another strong season. Yeah. I really enjoyed this one and looked forward to it every week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, you know what? I'll give it that. I did like. I went from you know really dreading watching Star Trek every week to being like, <laughs> yeah. oh hey, there's a new episode. That's nice. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to yeah. watch it. Like that, mm-hmm. I haven't felt it, that way in a really long time. So that's it's yeah. nice. At the same time, like I feel like it's made the podcast harder because we like built this podcast on the idea that all new Trek was going to suck. Yeah, and so like you know, our first episode was Picard season two, which was easy because we're like, I, it's easy to complain. Wow. But then Bad. like you know, it, it's harder to like poke holes in something and like actually criticize something that's fairly good. Yeah, like you know, Strange New World season one. So it was mm-hmm. it was I think a bit more of a challenge than we initially set out for, but it was rewarding too. And you know, it's it's good to see that we actually like some Trek. It's well, don't worry. There's uh, Picard, season three of Picard just there around certainly the corner. <laughs> I mean, but it's got the original TNG cast, so I I, I hope yeah. for good things with that. But knowing the showrunners and seeing one season one and two. I also have like zero expectations. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, they're gonna be capitalizing on the fa- on the commodity and like the that they have and the mm-hmm. TNG cast has, but who knows? They could just completely ruin that. <laughs> Even though Picard's yeah. like a completely different completely person, completely different person, mm-hmm. completely different. Like, person. I don't know how they're gonna try to like. I don't even understand the point of bringing back those people because, like, yeah. it's it's not gonna be like TNG. So why even bother? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't yeah. know. It doesn't make any sense. Everyone's gonna be everyone's gonna be different. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, but uh, we've got, um, I guess, lower decks to look forward to uh, six weeks from now. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, <laughs> I think uh, the next five of our episodes are going to be uh, the first five Star Trek films. Fuck yeah, we'll just do one a week. Um, yeah, so look forward to that. Cool. Hell right. yeah, uh, uh, Pat. Where can we find you on the internet? Uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, Potomac Bomb. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Spencer, how about you? Uh, Spencer.zone. What about you, Britt? Uh, you know what? You can just find me at Soytrek <laughs> on basically any social. Uh, say hello. Uh, I'm super friendly. I respond super quick. And I will send you the weirdest dick pics you've ever seen. <laughs> Could they be mine? I don't know. It looks like it's probably Hammer's dick. Who Ooh. knows? Who knows? Nice. <sighs> Ooh. There was an accident. It's, you don't want to electrical burns. You know, um, yeah, maybe some sounding going on. Always uh, some yeah. sounding going on. Yeah. You know that Anar love sounding. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what they use their little like, antenna for. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
Yeah. You know, they, they have higher, uh, higher heightened senses because mm-hmm. they can't see. And one of those is their pee hole is extra sensitive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Captain's right, well, Log Supplemental. Fun. It looks like that's all. And it's time for us to warp away. Thanks for joining us, Trekkers. Be well. Travel safe. And as Ferengi rule of acquisition number 194 says, it's always good business to know about new customers before they walk in the door. Hang dong and shocker. Soy, 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 so